You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast. With your hosts, Eddie. And Matt. And Matt. And the dragon. The two worst words in the English language. Oh my goodness. So how are you doing today? Uh, queasy, but I'm going to make it. All right. Well, we just had some not very good barbecue. Yeah. I'll yeah. put it out there. Yeah, yeah. So the whole the whole mood of this is sunk into the depths. No, well, I don't know about that, but I it's like I already had an opinion. I wanted to see if for once we were on the same page culinary gastronomically, you know. We should have got that to go uh-huh. in hindsight. Because I have been saying maybe just as a little goof, we should do some side barbecue channel review sort of things like, uh-huh. hey, here's a five minute video of me and Matt trying this barbecue and going thumbs up or thumbs down or mm-hmm. give you a little tip of what we like and what we don't. Yeah. And that one would have been a thumbs down. Yeah. Um, the flavor of the ribs weren't bad, but they really aren't that flavorful. I don't like the texture. That's actually competition style, which to some people, that's all the rage. But you're not running a competition. You're running a restaurant. I'm okay with that texture. Now, mm-hmm. I would prefer falling off the bone, off the but bone. I'm okay with that texture. And, and I'm okay with it, too. If it's flavorful. I mean, I didn't have to fight to get it off the bone. I'll say that. It really wasn't that flavorful. Um, so then you figure, well, I'll dip it in the sauce. That sauce was almost marinara. Really, That's, I did not like that barbecue sauce, and I would say I kind of did. Interesting. So we that we can agree to disagree. But I don't like a sweet sauce. Did you think it was sweet? Yeah, not me. But interesting. That. That's why I said, is this marinara or whatever? Marinari. You've been to Italy, right? Yeah. What's that? So that barbecue needed sauce so badly oh, that maybe just. Oh, yeah, but maybe that's why I like the sauce, because it was like, hey, at least it's covering up the taste and adding some moisture to this. <laughs> Which is sad, really sad. And actually, I found the, the ribs were moist. They were juicy, greasy, really, if anything. Really very, greasy. greasy. But, um, but, you know, but like I said, I, that's not my favorite texture on a rib. I want it falling off the bone. Um and then uh, the brisket. That was ahead. the real tragedy. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was Texas, the real tragedy. And I've learned, like, for years, I always said, for me, the yardstick with barbecue joint is their ribs. But honestly, for a lot of people in Texans, it's the brisket. And whereas I thought the brisket was moist, but not terribly moist. Eddie believed it was not mine, but I mean, dry. Yeah. we could have gotten different slices. And we asked for lean. Maybe if we did gotten, you ask for lean? I didn't, but yeah. I, I figured while they were cutting yours, they cut yours the same way they were cutting mine. Who knows? But mine was somewhat moist, Ugh. but it was very bland. It just it didn't was, have any real flavor. It almost tasted like roast beef or whatever, it's you a, know? Yeah, no, I, that's, that's why I'd say it tastes like I was eating roast beef. Yeah. So if you gave me mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah, you'd probably been happy as a clam. But even then, it was not nearly as moist. Because you talk about like brisket, yeah, yeah. all off the bone. Well, yeah. okay. But I pretty much want mine to, if you run the fork across it or whatever, it's going to almost shred out. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, I will it's say... It's falling like, apart. Like, when you hold up your piece to wiggle it, uh-huh. it may start... It's right on that verge the, the where it's like it's going to break apart. Yeah. yeah, it's just so overloaded. Yeah. Well, that's mm, like we've mm, got spoiled mm. by, like, old Sunbird. Brian's stuff, you know, was a lot of times, I mean, it's juicy. Like, you bite into it, and it's, it's a juicy piece of meat. Very flavorful, very juicy. It's not ever dry, really, you know. And so we've been spoiling that. It's very uh, juicy and very flavorful. 
So, yeah, that brisket was disappointing. Now, I will say I th- they did give me quite a bit of brisket, and we got oh, yeah. three good-sized ribs, and I got part of another one. So some places are kind of stingy with their meat portion. But, but again, they did charge you two prices, They, they charged you me, yeah, two prices. I mean, as I always say, they were very proud of their barbecue. I mean, really proud. But um, And that's one of those things that for me is like, okay, if you're going to charge this price, you better bring it. At least the portion's there, but the actual quality of the barbecue. This is We haven't even mentioned Carter's barbecue here in longview texas and a lot you of people failed us locally are big friends of carter's there are people that when i first moved here where can i get barbecue carter's i'm like wow so you might get around out of town on a rail now yeah, i know if this gets out but i mean i'm just <laughs> not we are recording this you know oh well it's gonna get out but you gotta know me i mean i'm gonna you know at least i'm gonna be straight now i have to bleep be it honest yeah but no um okay well the of course the barbecue for a barbecue place is the gold standard but what did you think of the sides Actually, I'll say that was some damn good coleslaw, and was, I almost and I almost yeah. want to think they probably made that themselves because that was the problem with some other places. And I've seen this really. And I'm not, I love me I love being a Texan. Got here as quick as I could. Hooray, Texas! But like in Louisiana, and chong, chong, chong. we love some food or whatever. Chong, chong, chong. You could go to a place and have decent barbecue, but the sides would be just as good or better than the damn barbecue. Mm-hmm. I came to Texas, and I think these old boys are like, my barbecue is good, and I'm gonna rest on my laurels right there. Like the sides are. Well, yeah, you go to a lot of barbecue Costco places, and they don't shit. have anything but chips if you're lucky. Yeah, not with Costco. What do you call it? Um, that food supplier for like basic, Cisco. Cisco, yeah, it's like a tub of Cisco crap that they dole out so much for you. No, that was really good, crisp, delicious coleslaw. Which is what I like in coleslaw is crisp. Uh, crisp. But I also like as little dressing sauce as you can get away very with. very moist, yeah. And that one, but it was so it was riding the line. It had yeah. the crispiness. It, I would say that's the best thing I had there. And I'll say, yeah, you know what? And I'm agree with you. In fact, I meant to, we were going to, I figured we'd do this. So I, I held off on saying, I was like, wouldn't that Me some good too. coleslaw? But now the beans, like they just came out of a can. These were just... Beans. They weren't even, they didn't even taste like, bar, they weren't barbecue beans. Like they didn't barbecue them or, or put some, you know, and they, they didn't even put their own barbecue sauce in it. You know, I need to talk to uh, John Hirschberg. He's up in Wichita, I believe. Uh-huh. And there was a place that was Fisherman's Market or Fisherman's Wharf. Mm-hmm. And they had the best freaking coleslaw in the world. That was like the claim to fame for me. Wow. Like, like the fish and everything was good, uh-huh. but the coleslaw, that's one place where you could go and go, I'll just get the coleslaw. And I'd been like, all right. Yeah, yeah, it was that good. Well, that's like Dudley's. His is very. We get some coleslaw. Yeah, I tell you what, um, Dudley's is it's a it's Cajun. It's a it's a Cajun restaurant, seafood Cajun. They have they do like a blackened coleslaw. Hmm. It's crisp, it's delicious, but it's black. It's, it's got peppery. It's got a lot of flavor. I really love it. It's very. I've been known to like go there and be like, hey, do you do you not want your coleslaw? No, oh, give it to me. I mean, because they give it to you as an app. Which is what I'm trying to kind think. Like, have I app. given you my coleslaw? You probably didn't. If you did, you probably regret it. Because I tell you, but, uh, but I, don't I know remember. that. Like when me, you, and Gary went, I've been on this. While I'm sitting there because they give it to you complimentary. That's what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. It's a complimentary app. I've been known to go, hey, bring me another bowl of that, you know, coleslaw because it's just it's delicious. It's very crisp. It's not very moist. You know, super moist. Yeah. And it's a little like they blackened it. I.e., it's kind of peppery, but not overpowering. Like even people are like, oh no, I don't like hot stuff. Yeah, it's not gonna burn you. But it's got a little bite, you know. So, anyway. Okay, here's the, and then as we continue barbecue chat here, <laughs> we've just lost everyone. That, not Larry. <laughs> not, Larry's our boy. He, he's perked up right That's now. Right. He's like, he's, he's like, you're he's finally talking. Yeah, you're finally talking about something I want to hear about. <laughs> 
But here is the other thing. So the other side we had was beans. Uh, that's what I said. Those beans were like they came out of a can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're pinto beans. Would you rather have pinto beans or like kidney beans with your with your uh, barbecue here? I would want barbecued pinto beans. Really? Or if you're going to do beans out of a can, you remember the one that had the guy with his tongue sticking out, that ranch-style beans or whatever? You remember the yeah. ones? Like because they got the black label. Yeah, black with the yellow and red band. If you're going to take beans out of a can, go buy a big can of those at Sam's and dump those out or whatever. Like if you're just going to do... But those are... Not pintos, are they? Those, Those are, are kidney kidneys, beans. aren't they? Yeah. yeah, but that's delicious. But I mean, so I, I'm I'm putting in the vote for kidney beans while you put in a vote for pintos. No, oh. you said pintos and I said kidney beans. Sure, fair enough. But I mean, yeah. if you want to change your vote, I'm saying what what comes out of that can we're talking about? It, I'm pretty sure those are kidneys. Yeah, no. So I'm saying, yeah, I'd love kidney beans because those the beans that we just had were a lot like pork and beans. That's what I'm saying. That, those are pintos. That, that was a can of pork and beans that they just bought a big, I think, can of it, and they just dump it out in a warmer and sit in there heated. Whoop-de-doo. Here's what kills me. I saw the guy cutting parts of the brisket off the brisket before he went to cut it up for us. Still with both hands. Podnas had the best damn beans, and one of the things oh, yeah. was they would throw the brisket leavings off in there, and that brisket would melt down and work its way in. Boy, those were the best damn beans in the world. Yeah, a lot of people are sleeping on that. It's like, yeah, what are you going to do with it's all those free money? Shribbins and uh, it's free real estate. Yeah, throw it off in your beans, and man, people, I went out of my way. Like I was like, oh, I get two sides. I want beans and more beans from Podnas, and then you better, you know, stay away. But anyway. And which Podnas is basically like franchise, mm-hmm. small fast foody yeah. type barbecue. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's really good. Well, I love, you know, before I came to Texas, they had Texas toast that they would butter and run through this little thing that would toast it real quick. So you got toasted Texas toast and you got those delicious beans with bits of brisket in it. Their coleslaw was good. And I'm not a big potato salad guy. Their potato salad's on point, too. I guess mm. at Louisiana, the sides were really good there. The barbecue was adequate, but what kind of made up the deal was the sides were really good there. For potato salad, you won't believe this, but I'm particular. Yeah. And I like more like the German potato salad because a lot of times it's like, here's some potatoes swimming in a pool of mayo yeah, or mustard, yeah. and you're like, mm, no. Yeah. So for p- potato salad, I like it, but... It's got to be a lot more on the potato salad and less on the mayo salad side. But that's like you're a big uh, banana pudding guy, but you mm. want a really good portion of nanners in your pudding. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you get that a lot of places and there is no like, nana. Where the hell's the nanners? The nanners are cheap. And so go on, on top of that and don't put any cookies in there too. And you're like, what the what? Yeah, there's just a bunch of pudding. Yeah. That's some bomb. Banana flavored puddings. Yeah. yeah. Put some nanners in there. Put some cookies in there. Because I ain't like, you can get them off brand Nilla wafers. They're yeah. dirt cheap. Who's going to know the difference? Yeah. But you know where I had a really good nana pudding at the other where, day, don't you? Where is that? Dragon's Nest. Oh, that really? Now that they're got that grill going. And I'll tell you, since you brought up like the uh, garlic bread, uh-huh. I got the like uh, chicken finger basket, mm-hmm. which for those of you not in the South, I guess, that's when you get the chicken strips and some like Texas toast and some gravy. Yeah, some gravy dipping. And fries usually. Yeah. But they had like garlic toast mm-hmm. with the chicken finger basket. Mm-hmm. That was like the best. That was almost like, uh, what is it, once a time, once upon a time in Mexico mm-hmm. where Johnny dip 
is going and shooting the cooks when they make the food too good. Mm-hmm. He's like, I got to level it out. I got to keep it even. And I was like, this this bread does not belong here. This should be in the finest restaurants in the world. So maybe Dragon's Nest is one of the finest restaurants in the world well, now. I'm guessing this is one of our, I guess, first chance to talk about it since we did. Because it was two weeks ago, the last time we recorded. With the, we with do this podcast every two weeks. That's true. And so that... When we can. Later, so when that we remember. day after we recorded, we went and... We all, we, we had um, some, tr- I tried their cuisine for the first time, at least I did, and our club members or whatever. Yeah, this is how cool our local game club is, is that we bought food for everybody at the latest meetup. For everybody that showed up, you know. And so, um, the, I'm telling you, hands down, everyone raved about the food. Yep. And I won't lie, I mean, I didn't set the bar real high, but I'd already, from what I've known of, uh, of you know, the folks that own it, I, they weren't going to half butt it, you know. They were going to bring it, but no, I was, I was very impressed. The food was very good. Everyone raved what they got. I'm telling you, even like the spicy fries were delicious and not real soggy. The like the burger was really good. The, I, the patty melts were good. Gary really enjoyed. It. I mean, everyone we talked at the table. Like, how'd you like yours? How'd you like your? Oh, it was great. It was awesome. Whatever. Well, the other thing yeah. for me is that I know those guys really well. The ones doing the cooking. Yeah. So I'm like, I can trust the food here too. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, no, whenever I saw the one kid come out from the back, I said, hey, props, you guys, you've, you've nailed this down. You've Gavin. nailed it down. Gavin. Well, no, but there was another kid. I know Gavin. Oh, okay. Yeah, so no, I know Gavin by name, but thank you if I hadn't. But no, he was, whatever young man came out from behind there, I, I gave him props. Steven? Yeah, there we go. But not Steve. Steven's the <laughs> owner. Get out of here. No. So he's not a young man to you? Well, you know. Well, to you. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you know, I'm old as dirt. Um, but anyway. So we hope you've enjoyed our transition to the Food Network here. <laughs> for you. The Redneck Food Network. So for those of you who also. Put your pants back on. <laughs> uh, follow the uh, NTRPG Facebook page. I'm like, boy, that tr- turned into a food blog so fast you didn't even notice it. With Bad Mike going around talking oh, about yeah, the pork yeah. sandwiches and yeah. what was the other um, green pepper burgers or something like that? Yeah, the uh, Hatch Chili Burgers. Yeah. Yeah, that was on his first little... It turned into a food blog so yeah. slowly we didn't even notice. Well, that's like I was I was teasing him when we were on Talking Crit about, hey, can we get more upshots of your nostrils? <laughs> so see, we could be doing that too with our little barbecue side channel, yeah, side sure, videos. Sure, yeah. Well, it, it hurt my heart if we had to drive, you know, to parts unknown and eat different barbecue at different places. Parts unknown. Mm-hmm. So we are definitely not stalling and making this stuff up because we are at Casa de Matt mm-hmm. in the game room. In the game room. Which means I can't run back to my printer and print out my uh, little show notes and stuff and Oops. remember how this all organizes. I think this is episode 73. Wow. I can give you that much. Wow. And then uh, we talk about the long con, which there's not much to say now. It's next weekend. Imminent. And we've sold about 100 badges in the last 90 days. Yeah, yeah. Talk about just mind-blowing. And I, and we knew, and we talk about everyone pausing at the last minute, but talk about piling in at the last minute. Which does not typically happen to us. You might be like, oh, all events, everybody jumps in. Not not for us. Usually it's not that big a jump. Yeah. As soon as we open the ticket sales, we sell a glut. And then when we get, come back from NTRPG, everybody remembers that we exist. Yeah. And we sell a little, little trickle in, you know, whatever. And then, and then when game sign-ups are, 
we'll get another bump. Yeah. But this is really late in the game. Unheard of. Yeah. And we're tickled pink. I mean, I'm so happy that this is the most tickets we've ever sold. Yeah. And for you guys that uh, religiously listen to the podcast, if you go back, like, I don't know, eight episodes, you'll hear us crying about how is this even going to happen? And now it's like, holy crap, do we have too many people? Yeah. It's to where now we need more games. And so for the people we have, so we actually stopped sales. And I was tickled that like we're selling like never before. But <clears throat> then we were like, oops, we, we might not have enough games for this many people. Yeah, because we you know, could we could sell just more. sell and sell and sell to yeah. capacity and but be like, not. if you don't get a game, you don't get a game. <laughs> but, but no, we're not going to do that. And we definitely want these newcomers to have a good experience and come back again. You yeah, know? it's never been about lining our pockets. It's about... <laughs> Because it would never a good be. Time. No, well, I mean, if we wanted to do that, the best way to do it would be to be a Comic-Con yeah. and everything con. No, and that's what, what people that I've tried, a few people have tried to go like, you guys are money rubbing. And it's like, dude, if if we were here to make a buck, this is not what we would be doing. We would be a Comic-Con, costume con, you know, cosplay, what do you call it? Um, board game, card game, blah, 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 whatever. That One of these everything cons, I like to call it. And, uh, and we're not that, you know. We've kept our focus pure, and we don't make any money because of that. And that's the only reason why we stress is the hotel ain't free, you know. And we try to bring special guests for people who then don't come to even see these special guests. That Why do we bring these people in here? But we, it, we have to put up in a hotel room. you got to feed them. you got to, you know. Yeah, it's going to probably our hotel cost is going to be about 5,000 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where when these, this like, I love there's one jerk weasel that recently was like $50 and it's like, yeah, the same thing we've been charging since day one. Uh, uh, yeah. Go check Which it is, out. Do the quick math. Yeah. If it's going to cost us $5,000 for the hotel. Yeah. If we sell 100 badges yeah. at 50 bucks. Yeah. We break even. Ding, ding, ding. And we're the guys that anytime we've ever made a little money, if anyone pays attention, like last year, we gave away koozies. A bunch of koozies with a cool design on it. It ain't cheap. Well, yeah. Uh, we've we given away dice. Dice bags. Spent close to 1000 probably on just the swag that we're going to give away. Mm-hmm. And then we still have, you know, the cost of printing T-shirts and mm-hmm. all the other little bits, blabs, you know. Yeah. It's, the little things like we had to buy paper for this or we have to buy ink for that. So, I mean, when you look at it, it doesn't make money, but if you just said you're going to break even, I'm fine with that. Yeah. We've always, as long as we break even and don't go It's the losing. Yeah. If we start in we love you guys, but not enough that we're going to hold for anybody. We lost money on the first one. We did, but barely, you know, yeah, we had to work at it. Yeah. But, um, I'll say that, um, not to throw shit at any other cons, do but, it. But other cons have went up over the last two and three years by you know ten dollars here, twenty dollars there. Some of them, I swear, almost seems like they've doubled in price. Like NTRPG, man, those guys have sold out. That was the one con that I could come up off the top of my head that we could pick on. Uh, yeah, okay. that people would go like, "This is good natured," instead yeah, yeah. of like, "Fuck you, Gary Con." Because anybody knows that we we love the NTRPG guys. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. they're family. Hell, half of them are, are coming to our con, and we're so tickled. This is what we've been wanting down the line. But I'll say that we've held the line at fifty dollars because we understand these are tough times. So it really, really gets under our skin when this one or two Yahoos have been like, "Where well, you guys charging?" This is the same thing we've always charged. And honestly, the hotel room is not freaking free. You know, it's like I love it. it's like, well, why don't you just pay for it? Really? You know, I mean, have it in my barn. 
Yeah. I'll let you use my barn for free. Yeah, it's like, come on, Thanks man. for thinking about me, bud. Yeah, yeah, literally. But anyway, enough about that. So Long Con's almost here. We're really excited. We've got... There's nothing we can do about it now. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's happening. And that's the thing I'll tell you about Long Con. It's going to happen. Hell or high water, uh, you know. Knock on wood now. Yeah, yeah, right. Here, let me yeah, knock in there, too. But... um. We're really excited. Like I said, this is the most tickets we've ever sold. We got a lot of our friends coming back, and, and friends that we know from NTRBG that this is their first time coming. We're excited to have like Bill Barsh. Really glad he's. That's coming. gonna be awesome. Yeah, Bill's Bill's a great guy, and, and you know, definitely a friend of ours. Like we really felt good. When we went to GaryCon. We walked in the vending area. We barely set a foot in the room. We heard. Matt, Eddie, and we look around. Get out. It's like, yeah, there's Bill, like, pushing some customers aside to come shake our hand. People that had, like, money in hand, like, where are you going? He's like, ah, shut up. <laughs> he comes over to you know, give oh, us a hug. which you, know? you reminded me, we're going to have our very own con-exclusive cover of his adventure. How cool is that? And there's only going to be 20 to 25 of them. And I'll tell you right now, if you don't buy them, I'm buying the leftovers. I'm telling you, I'm already figuring two are going to get, you know... You know what I'm saying? You know? Well, the rest of them will go into the con. Yeah. Uh, trust fund. But yeah, how how exciting is that? You I know. know. I'm I like, mean, man, I'm really... I should have done that for mine. I should have had a Carnage yeah. at the casino a, long con cover. Exclusive or something or long con cover. Because I don't think this is an exclusive adventure. But it but, but might be. Cover. But it's got an exclusive cover for sure. Collectability. Collectability. And it's super cool. Exactly. No, uh, it just, I'm, I'm so excited. I hate, that's like I said, the, the only downside to running a con is there's so many things happening at our con that I wouldn't want to play in or be involved with that I'm too busy running a con, so I can't. Like, I'd love to play in this these games. You well, know? I'll tell you that I pretty much never play in a game at the con, uh-huh. but somebody is running the Transformers RPG, and I was like, fudge it. You know, it's funny. Here, let, I'm here, in there. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me pat myself on the back. When I was looking down the list of games and saw someone had added a Transformers game, I was like, you know what? I'm going to let Eddie know. Dude, be sure to play. I know you love Transformers. Oh, son of a bitch. He's already in the game. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. That was but, not even know. a question. Yeah. Right. And so, no, that's great. Cause I mean, as much as I remember, what is it? Year before last or whenever it was when we had, um, Oh, that one guy from the olden days or whatever. I feel bad. I can't think of his name right now. But Howard Johnson. Yeah, and Eddie was like, "Hey, but you know, I'm, I went ahead yeah. and put you in his game because, buddy, you go have some fun." I went, "No, no, I'm helping run." He's like, "Go ahead, I got it." And I'm like, "All right, then." You know, so very thoughtful. Eddie's my bud. You know, and that was Nicole's favorite game of the con. Was it really? Or are you pulling my leg? I am pulling your leg way okay, off. I would hope so, yeah. If she's uh, listening to this one with Doug, he probably just got slapped across the face. <laughs> that was one of those instant reactions. Like, I had to slap some man. Sorry, honey. You were available. But anyway, no, I was in that game too. And like, even at one point, I'm like, I was going to say something. I didn't have to. I, I love Doug. Hold on to Nicole. She's a keeper because she got her back up and she had no problem defending herself from his shenanigans. I, we can't. Telling tales out of school, but anyway, don't talk bad about a special guest. Um, he ain't coming back. Yeah, and I hope not. Anyway, definitely that loud. Anyway, yeah, but no, we um, definitely though we've got you know uh, uh, like I said, Bill Barsh coming and uh, John Watson and so many other people. You've heard us talk about a million times. I won't run that list down again, but love these folks. Uh, you know, Brendan LaSalle, etc. So. You know, we're just really excited, you know, about them coming. Super excited. Yeah, and and just love them all to death. 
Um, and well, so hopefully not that far. Yeah. But definitely, uh, uh, you know, if you can avail yourself of the special games, you know, I wish I could play in them. So you definitely let me live vicariously through you. I want to hear your stories or whatever, but come out game play. If, if you're someone out there who's like, well, I never, I didn't get a ticket yet, but I've been on the fence. Uh, we might allow some walk-ups and definitely if you want to run some games, yeah, come on. <laughs> Well, I am tempted to turn off the walk-up thing, too, yeah, but, but we've had a few people that are like, what about me? And I'm like, it's it's almost to the point where it's like, if I said yes to you walking up, mm-hmm. come on out, but everybody else, stay away. We're talking about someone that we've seen and game with and hung out with and, and shared drinks with a bunch of times, Sean, who originally thought with work he wasn't going to make it and something changed at work, and he seems really excited about coming. Uh, Sean, I don't know what I saw oh, yeah, his yeah, last yeah, name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Pointer or whatever, but yeah, yeah, yeah. super great guy, and I'm so excited he's coming. He's one of our North Texas friends. That I think this is his first time attending our con, I believe. I think, well, is he your North Texas friend, or is he yeah. your North Texas acquaintance? I would say friend, yeah. Okay. Now, for me, it's more of an acquaintance. I always yeah. say hi and all that, but I'm definitely looking forward to getting to know him better as no, these no. go on. Well, I'll say that like this year at the con, like he sought me out. Mm-hmm. He's like, let's have drinks. We'd sat and chatted, and it just felt like we've been friends for 100 years. Yeah, it was exactly. the darndest thing, you know. Yep. But he's just such a super, super great guy. Yeah. And I'll say this. I'm going I'm to call him out. There was a situation where, you know um, – She's the gal that's been one of the winches forever. Uh, Jessica? Jessica. She'd had maybe a drink, one too many or something, and there was a guy that was kind of buzzing around that gave off a little bit of a creep vibe, and Sean made a point to like escort her to her room, squire her like a gentleman, and make sure she got there safely. And you're still friends with him after he did that to you? I know, I know. Can you believe Damn you, Sean. <laughs> but anyway, ha but no, I'll just say, I mean, what, what a great guy, you know, yeah, yeah. What, no, what he's one that human being. where I'm like, if I get to know him better, I got a feeling we'll click real yeah, good. Super great guy. So yeah, I'm, I'm he'll be in the inner coming. circle before and, you know we'll it. We'll found out later that, you know, he's, you know, some murdered a bunch of people. Whatever or something. But, you didn't you know, hear about the bodies in his yeah, basement? Yeah. But no, no, no. He's, 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 I'm really excited. But as always, when we said, I won't, why am I saying it again? But I will say it again. We did our con because we want to spend more than one time a year with a lot of these people we love from North Texas. And it's so great that a lot of them are finally, they're trickling over, but we're finally getting more and more of those folks. Like the West Texas guys. One of the, we can dream one Sons day, you know, our, 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 you know, love affair at, from afar, but those guys will show up because I love those guys too. Definitely. All right. So uh long con, it's going to happen coming soon. Really exciting. We're gonna have some cool stuff as always. So, yeah. So, yeah. And we're doing the live show. So, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we're going to do a live show. That hurts my heart. All right. Well, we always have something good to talk about, like the topic today. Yeah. But first, yep. since I don't have my sheet, I have to imagine. Use your imaginary list. It says, blame Matt for COVID. Didn't. Okay, check. Check. <laughs> uh, books. You got any books, oh, comic books? Okay, I'm back up one quick aside. Do we want to tell them about the cool new thing we're doing this year that's brand spanking new this year? No. Okay, great. BJ? I, I, yes, thank you. Come on in. No, um, bingo? B-I-N-G-O? Bingo was his name, oh. Yes, this is top secret, Matt. Make sure you don't tell them about it. No, I go ahead. Okay. No, well, I'm just saying that, yeah, I'm sure other cons will steal this idea like they did our old GM courtesy room. But well, uh, we were the first con to think of having games at the con. So. Exactly. Hello. but uh, Or special guests, for that matter. Everybody um, else was just standing around looking at each other. Yeah. 
So we're going to have a bingo card for every con attendee. <gasps> and if you, you know, get your see bingo. See everyone there, then you get, a, you get a bingo. Yeah. And when you bingo, you come see us. We're going to have some cool prizes to give you for bingo. So part of a fun thing while you're here at the con playing games and having fun, a side thing will be you can play a game of bingo and there won't be a bunch of blue hairs around, you know, with little ink stampers. Ha ha. But uh, definitely... Uh, when you bingo, come see us at the desk. We'll have a cool prize for you. So that's a fun little extra little game in a game con fun shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yeah, and this is an idea we've had on the back burner for quite a while. Yeah. And now we're implementing it. Exactly. So, yeah. Because we didn't have enough to do. Yeah. We're gluttons for punishment, but we but do I, it for you. I will say here, too, there's no programs this year. Yeah, yeah. We're going to use your phone or we'll have it posted on the wall, but we're not going to print it out and hand it to everybody. So, yeah, I mean, this is the electronic age. You have your smartphone or we've got our trifold. that has got all the games listed. And I do it by, by time slot and by day, like on the trifold I have anyway. Yeah. You get the picture. If you've been, if not, there's a trifold that's got all the games listed where you can add your name on or whatever. There's an open slot. And then we're going to have a big, a printout like at the uh, airport at like the airport. You can look up on the wall behind me or Eddie. at gate. So-and-so. Yeah. And it'll be like, Oh, you're at this table at this time with so-and-so. But people always crack me up when they're like, which table am I at? Well, there's like 10 tables. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. I, I can see it right now. I can't tell you which one it is, but it's one of these 10 tables. And I'll say at the Hilton, that other hotel on them, yeah, we were in two and three. We don't burn bridges. Yeah, we don't. We're not. We spiteful. blew them up. We're not spiteful at all. Fuck you, Garden. But anyway, um, but no, uh, uh, we were in three different rooms. Now we're going to be in one great big open room with the vendors around the periphery. So the cool thing is, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not going to be like, well, what room is it in? If you're in this room with tables, you're in the room. You're in the right room. And we have standees on our table, so you'll you'll find your table. I hope so. Easily. Yeah. So we'll see. Plus yeah. it's the first year in a new space. So we have kinks to work out. Oh, yeah. Bear with us. But definitely I want to say something real quick. No outside food. No so, outside food or drinks. Food or drink. And so Hill Garden was kind of lenient about that. And thank goodness, because I get the first year they really dropped the ball. And then they got mad the second year when they really swung for the fences with the food they made for us. But people who remember the year before were like, Oh, you know, fool me once. And they bring in their own pizza and DoorDash or whatever. Give this new hotel a chance. You know, I've, I've they, so far they've shown us a lot of stuff that really impressed me how professional they are. And so give their food a chance. Give everything a chance. But and you uh, don't have to eat there every meal. No, no. You just can't eat it in the con space. Yeah. And one cool thing about it, unlike the Helen Garden Inn, was really not within walking distance of anything other than a Sonic, which doesn't really have sit down eating. But there's a Papacitas that shares the uh, parking lot. Parking lot, and that's a lot of people love that Mexican food. There, Gary's a big fan. Double R. Um, there's Lizzie's Diner, no. which is with oh, is it close? It's, it's close for renovation right now, but not but not far away though. There is a Jason's, Jason's Deli, Deli, which you know, love me some Jason. The most famous restaurant in uh, Longview. Uh, don't Long John Silver's. Yeah, Ugh. there's a face group here, and that is their running joke is that joke. Long John Silver is so great, and it's yeah. like. You have beat that horse to death. And hilariously enough, on a goof, because Heather heard all that, she went and tried to get some that day. They kept her waiting 30 minutes. One piece was practically frozen, and one piece was like overdone and brown and kind of 
it absorbed your life. No, it was uh, she threw it away. Well, she fed it to Lucy, same principle. And even Lucy tried to eat the cardboard it came in before she'd eat the actual fish. <laughs> so I mean, anyway, I was like, "You trying to kill my dog?" You know, but yeah, that's anyway. pretty messed up. <laughs> Yeah. It's not fit for a dog. <laughs> there are those times when it applies. And there's someone out there who's like, I love Long John Silver's. I'm offended. Well, God bless you. Well, some um, of that too with your chain uh-huh. is like, wasn't it like there's the good Denny's and then there's the bad Denny's yeah. on, on the other and part also, of town. And there's and also an IHOP that's within with relative walking slash definitely yeah. a short car drive. Oh, and, and they go, decided to throw in breakfast. So it's free breakfast if you got a hotel room. You got a hotel room. You have free complimentary breakfast. And we'll see how that goes. That should be awesome. You know. Oh. And since you're bringing this up here, if you guys have any problems with the hotels, come talk to us and we will talk to them. And, and I have told I people that already through in private chats, but, you know, don't go back posting some email or rant later that, that I didn't see you first. Come and talk to me and Eddie. We'll make things right. We'll be the good. If you're like, oh, I'm bashful or whatever about going to the manager and come to us, tell us, we're your pals, and we'll go crop their ass for you, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean – Give them those five-star reviews because in the service industry, if it's not five stars, that might as well be a zero. Yeah, it's the craziest thing, but it's like the first year we were at the other hotel, some people phoned it in and said, oh, I'll give them a six or seven. Apparently, if it's not a nine or a ten, it yep. might as well be a zero. Yep. I, I think it's stupid it works that way, but that's the way it works. Yep. And so give them rave reviews or like Mama said, if you can't say nothing nice, yep. don't say nothing at all. But come to us if you have any problems. Yep. Yeah. Happy to take care of it, but I don't anticipate any problems. No, I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm very optimistic, and I mean that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm this. It, by turn and by turn, everything they've done filled me with confidence, and that mm-hmm. they're more professional than the last place we were at. And what's really sad was we were kind of chummy, real world pally <laughs> with some of the people that ran the last one, and you'd figure they would do an even better job because they're your pal. No, I think they were like, hey, you're our pals. We'll phone it in. Yep. You'll, you'll forgive us if we don't give 100%. Yep. We ain't pals with these folks, so they're trying to keep it professional, I think. <laughs> we'll see. Until Matt seduces one of them, as usual. Oh, hush. Stop. The seducer. Oh, whatever. So, now that we've found another way to talk about Long Con a little bit longer. Yeah, well... Books, comic books? No. Mm, so, uh, I've been keeping up with the ongoing Hulk and Thor. Mm. Thor's going fairly well. The Hulk may be turning a, taking a turn for the craptacular. Uh-oh. We will see. I will keep you advised. The other thing that I read specifically for Nicole is uh, Joker, the man who stopped laughing. So I don't know if you know about this, but do you know there's like multiple Jokers now in the DC universe kind of, running yeah, around? Sad to say, somehow I do. I'm, I'm familiar with the concept, I believe. So it's a bit of a spoiler, but there are two Jokers running around in this one. Oh my. And I, I guess it would be like New Coke and Old Coke. The new Joker is running around in LA because hmm. they... Basically, some of the other villains are like, get out of here. Wow. So he's like, you know, that's not a bad idea. So he's kind of like on a world tour fucking up all these other towns instead of Gotham for a change. Well, think of it, if you had some pointy-eared guy with a cloak that kept kicking your ass every time you tried to act up, wouldn't you go, time to move to a different town? Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. Metropolis. Yeah. <laughs> so you can get a super punch and <laughs> yeah, super crotch. Punch you into the next. <laughs> you get a light beating from Batman. Superman, forget it, you know. Anyway. 
That's hilarious. And then the, I guess, more classic Joker is still running around Gotham, gathering his forces uh, for his revenge. Trying to keep out of Arkham Asylum or whatever. So, yeah. I don't read that many DC books, but if there's some interesting Batman stuff, I like to make sure that I've got Nicole up to date. Good. Let good. her know. Any any other big Batman fans out there, if you are there? Hold it in, Matt. Hold it in. You can do this. You can do it. He did it, folks. That barbecue. It wasn't the worst I've ever had, but... It wasn't... It wasn't worth what we paid for it, that's for sure. Anyway. All right, so that should bring us to, like, TV, TV shows. Television. Um, so... We had been watching a number of horror movies for... Horror movies. Yeah, the benefit of being the the Halloween season, which is TV just past. TV shows. Yeah, yeah. He's, I hear you. He's, he's falling apart. Part. No, I got... It's, fo- follow me, follow me, follow me. But uh, Heather and I were like, man, that's enough of blood and guts and gore. Let's go with the Halloween theme, but take it to a, a funny place. Take it to the limit one more time. Treehouse of Horror. I had... Maybe seen one of those once through all the years, but they had them all collected together for Halloween on um, Hulu, Hulu, Peacock, or something like Disney, I think. Yeah, and so we sat there and like watched, you know, two and three and four per night at a time, and just in time, like Halloween night, we finished the the sub cut. Forget there's been thirty three freaking seasons. So I was like, holy crap! So how was thirty three? How was the last one? Could you tell a really Big decline. Yeah, funny Schmitch. She and I were talking about that, Heather and I, that like the first, probably I'll say 20. I mean, I'm belly laughing. Like, these are brilliant. They're hilarious, but the artwork's crap. You go, and it's like the artwork gets a lot crisper and nicer. And then I looked at one point and went, I haven't laughed in the last five episodes or something. Yeah, it got way too political. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to go there, but yeah, more. It's always political with yeah. Matt. But when, I mean, they were political to a certain degree, but. You're laughing. It was great, you know. It wasn't like, let's be preachy. This is almost like, and this was supposed to be a cartoon. It's supposed to be silly and goofy, but it's getting a little preachy in those last few. And I'm like, yeah, no. Didn't didn't, didn't like it. And, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. It's like, well, it's kind of like even you'd say at one point, like, it's kind of jumped the shark. Yeah, it, it's, but it's almost like now people, it's like, it's some beloved. Uh, institution. Institution, yeah. That's what I was looking for. So anyway, I don't know. But we enjoyed the first probably 25 or so. They were brilliant. Enjoyed them. Had a lot of fun with them. Uh, the concepts and stories were interesting for some of them. Like for, I was even like, you know, that could be an interesting concept for a game new material or something. Some of it, the little wacky, wild stuff, you know. But anyway, yeah. So there was that's TV. And then on Netflix television, uh, we started the Del Toro's Captain mm. Curiosity, Curio, whatever the hell it is. And um, watch like the first three of those. They're pretty good. Okay. Not brilliant. Like the first one, there's aspects where like, all right, I'm going to have to really divest myself of reality because <laughs> it's like, why is this woman malingering here in the rain all day long? But still good. You know, and there was the the chills and the thrills and the suspense or whatever. It, 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 yeah. So of the first three, I would, the first one's kind of a little weak. But still good. The guy in it, the main actor, though, is a brilliant actor. Um, but the the next two, yeah, we enjoyed probably a little more. Hmm. 
And so that's that's TV. And is that an ongoing or is each one different? Because it's supposed to be like an anthology, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, there's these little you know kind of vignettes. Each one done by a different director. So, oh, can I go straight to the third one and yeah, I'm not can, missing anything? Absolutely. Yeah. Each one stands alone. You know, each one has its own theme and its own director and its own story. They're like some guy wrote a short story. Well, here's the screenplay done by whoever. The only thing Del Toro is gets just they kind of stuck his name on. He comes out and says something kind of like, like Hitchcock. Hitchcock. You beat me to it at the beginning of each one, you know. And it's weird. He's got a little like ivory looking statuette of each director that he gestures to as it, you know, fades to the story or whatever. But I, I Del Toro is is brilliant, you know. So, but as far as his involvement, maybe he pulled together these people. Yeah, he, he invited them. them. Yeah. So there's that, you know, but it's like, really, what was his involvement? Anyway, he might have executive producer. All right. I've got a TV show. You got any more? I don't believe so. Okay. So I know you don't watch all the animes, Mm -hmm. but I have been watching one called Chainsaw Man. I'm intrigued. All right. Oh, have you seen any of the, this is on Hulu, if I remember correctly. And it's one of those like, you may like. So I was like, indeed I may. One Punch Man. Chainsaw Man. One Punch Man, I really think you should check out. Yeah. Have you seen that one yet? Never. Really funny. Really? Really funny. Yeah, huh, yeah, yeah. I would definitely highly, highly, highly recommend that to you. Chainsaw Man uh-huh. is the story of a man with a chainsaw. <laughs> so in all these, in a lot of the uh, animes, there are demons. Oh, yeah. That's that's a, a big, big thing over there. And oh, yeah. I, it's almost like God... With the lowercase g, like these, this this is the god of the lake or the god of the springs. Or it's not necessarily a good or bad thing. Like mm-hmm. this is a demon, but it's good. Yeah. Okay. So in this, so one, here's a god, but he's kind of mischievous or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So in this one, they are hunting demons, mm-hmm. and this guy has the power to turn into a demon. Mm-hmm. And when he does go out his demon mode, instead of like big Wolverine claws, uh-huh. chainsaws pop out. Okay. He's just like boom, chainsaw blades. Oh wow! And he his head can turn into a chainsaw <laughs> even. So as crazy as that sounds, it's actually pretty good. Wow! It's got some pretty uh, good battles, mm-hmm. and he's doing it all not to save the world, but to get to touch a booby. There you go. I have a lot of respect. So see, I figured right, right there, there yeah, would right get there. you to tune in. Exactly. But the, all the other characters are like, we're very serious about this. I'm fighting. My parents were killed by demons, and so I have to honor their memory, and I've got to try to save the world. And he's like, I must touch a booby. <laughs> that is phenomenal. It's an understandable hero. Exactly. I, I can totally identify. Um, so, because you talk about things I have watched past, like uh, Full Metal Alchemist, Inuyasha. Um, Inuyasha? I watched a little bit. It was almost kind wow. of under duress. But but then again, remember, he's actually a demon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So but there's good demons and bad, bad demons. demons. Yeah, because he's like like a, a good character, but he's kind of a jerk, you know, whatever. But um, uh, uh, Rurui Kenshin, I watched that back then. I hmm. watched it religiously. I watched a crap ton of that. Did you ever watch Death Note? No, or Bleach. I think you would like Death Note. You might get lost along the way. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to think if it's like, oh, it's 100 episodes. If it's 100 episodes, you might be like, the first 20 were pretty on point. You, you know me. I usually watch about the first two seasons, and if something's like samey same, okay, the concept, you you, you know, uh-uh. So I'm good after two seasons if it's the same thing. It's like shake it up or something. Which on, yeah. Speaking of Inuyasha, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that you watch, but not much it goes all. on 
like oh, yeah. that forever. Because it was almost kind of like a soap opera. You know what I'm talking? Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm talking. It about. wasn't designed to end. Yeah, and but Alvin's daughter Lindsay, when she was younger, she loved it. Because I think the main character is actually like a teenage girl. Yeah. And go man. And Inuasha uh, in, in is like almost like her pet demon or some crap or something. Her boyfriend wanted me. Whatever it is. See, it shows you how little I know about it. That I've watched it like. I'm in the same room talking to Alvin while Lindsay was watching it. That's. So he's life. a dog demon. So yeah. that way she got a boyfriend and a pet at the same time. Clever. Yeah. Because he's got like a dog tail and dog ears or something. Right. Yeah. And that's totally these anime. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. But I liked that one. But. That was where you're like, this was not designed to end. And they finally do wrap it up. It had a good ending, but uh, I can't, if it's like 13 seasons or something where something you're ridiculous. like, I could watch, watch the first three before it mm-hmm. starts to get too repetitive and then watch the last season and be like, yay, that was the best four mm-hmm. season show. Yeah. Well, that's like back in the day, Bobby loved Lost. And he kept talking up to me. Why won't you watch it? Why won't you watch it? And I said, but all I heard was how about like, it's inexplicable. And just when you think you know mm-hmm. something, you're completely wrong. And did it over and over again. I said, man, that just sounds like it irritate me. And then at the end, when he was like, they never explained anything. And I said, yeah, I would be punching people in the face. I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't watch one episode of that. Because that would, that just sounds frustrating to me. You know? That's why I started watching, stopped watching a lot of shows until they ended. Mm-hmm. Like, this show is really great. Okay, let me know when it's over with and you can go, they ended it perfectly and I'll start watching. So then you were like, I'm so envious of you that I started watching Breaking Bad during the hiatus right before the last season. And you were like, about the time you're you're done, you'll segue right into the last season. And you were like, you lucky. And like those times when they, they unfortunately, uh, what channel is that? Is that a, uh, AMC? I think. AMC does this crap where they'll bifurcate their seasons, and it would be that break yep. with a cliffhanger, and you're sitting there for three months going, "What happens?" And I'd be like, "Well, I'm about to call it a night." And oh, wait, what happened? Uh, let me watch one more episode before I go to bed because uh, uh-uh, I gotta see what um, Walt or whatever did, you know, in this episode. Oh, that wild man, or what happened to Jesse, or whatever. And so it's great being able to binge them and watch them in whatever order you want and blah, blah, blah. And however you want, you know? Yeah. So wait until something's done. There's something to be said for that, you know? And well, you can't talk about anything to people anymore anyway, because nobody's watching the same stuff at the same time. When I talked about this with Heather, it was so frustrating that when I was watching Breaking Bad, I mean, Breaking Bad, uh, Walking Dead, there were a number of things that kind of soured me on it. And part of it was just the writing was so bad and it would, sometimes it got better and sometimes it got worse. But towards the period I quit watching, the writing was just dumb, just really bad, dumb writing. And, and that's kind of the hallmark of a number of, I mean, it's that, that show like the second season the writing was just very bad and there were characters that got killed off because bad writing had because they're great actors and probably decent director but the story writers are like act like a complete jackass this season and then i'm like mm-hmm. we hate andrea well yeah it's not the actress actress's fault or the director it was the bad writing you know they had her do some really stupid crap so you'd hate her when you do and then they well well you're pretty much hated and we're trying to save money on budget business since the beginning we're gonna kill you off you know and so that sort of thing went on, um, but uh, people were notorious on Facebook. Like, I can't believe they killed off Blipple Blap. And I'd be like, dude, not everybody got to watch it live tonight. Thanks, mm-hmm. Jack Wad. So, like, I would have to um, basically, like, avoid fa- – like, let's say if it aired on Sunday and I wouldn't be able to watch it until, like, I was off on Tuesdays or something back then, I'd have to avoid Facebook for, like, three days until after I could see the episode and then, you know – 
I can't believe they killed you. And I told people, like, could you at least spoilers or because I get they want to talk with their buddies. Well, make a little private chat group and like, let's vent and talk about tonight's episode. No, nope, I'll just blurt in all caps. Exclamation, but they killed so jerk wad. Anyway, but yeah, so chainsaw man, chainsaw man. Sounds cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other shows? No, that's it for me. Any movies? Nope. How about you? Um, yeah, I end up watching um, uh, um, right the vampire movie, the Fright Night. Fright Night. Yeah, and gosh, pretty you know, cool, Brewster. Yeah, so you know they're very quotable. You know, mm, dinner is in the oven and all that, and pretty cool, Brewster and all that stuff. Uh, it's interesting the the little gal that played the main character in that the 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 heroine or whatever. She went on to be on uh, Married, Married with, with Children, Children, which is a trip. Um, and then, you know, the, the guy that was played the little nerd, Evil Eddie, Evil Ed or whatever, he, you know, had been in that. He'd been in a movie around that time with uh, the very first movie uh, that uh, uh, the guy that was in Shawshank Redemption, the main character. God, it's on the tip of my tongue. That guy. Not, uh, yeah, anyway. Morgan Friedman. Not Morgan, Not Morgan Freeman, Freeman, but, but the, other guy. the other guy. Which was married to Susan Sarandon. Married, yep. He, one of his very first movies was some like guys fraternity beach movie that again, mm-hmm. the little nerd was in that and he was in that with it. And his and I can remember his character's name was named Tucker and they ha ha called him Mother Tucker. You know, anyway, great humor there. But this was a... And a, then the vampire is the same guy as Princess Bride, right? Yep, exactly. And did you know he did the voice of Jack Skellington? No, I did not. And I didn't know that either hmm. until I, I, sometimes I do research for the show, you know, to talk about whatever. So it's wild to believe that, uh, what's his name? Chris Sarandon did, you know, um, the voice of Jack Skellington. It was in the Princess Bride as Prince Humperdinck. So whatever happened to the Humper little, death? Yeah. The little nerd dude, what happened to him? He'd done like one or two more movies and then he started doing uh, uh, male da, uh, da, 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 da. pornography. Of the pretty cool Brewster, yeah, not so cool, but anyway, yeah. How many of those did you watch? <laughs> well, only a few, you know, but no, actually, no, it was uh, you've got to give a fair review of the biography, it, it was the other kind of pornography, so uh, with all gentlemen casts. So. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the other kind where they're fully dressed and like having tea, yeah, very well, cheerio. So I was just like, holy crap, yeah, so he did, um. He did gay porn after that. Sometimes you just have to follow your dreams, Matt. Yeah, I guess Don't so. let your dreams just be dreams. Right. If there's anything you want to tell us, this is a safe space. <laughs> but anyway, needless to say, so that guy's life took an interesting turn. I think eventually, in like since the turn of the century, he's come back to where he's doing theater or, the theater. Yeah, or something. He's getting some little acting gigs. But yeah, he had a long dry spell. You know? <laughs> He said it, not me. <laughs> Edit that out. Edit that out. But anyway, I'll freaking kill you. But anyway, um, there you go. But yeah, so that's it for, for movies. Well, thanks. We have somewhere to go after that now. That's it. <laughs> Good night, folks. Remember when this used to be an RPG podcast? <laughs> right? Um so we talked about uh, yeah, but, but, oh video, video games, video games. Okay, you got a video game? Nope. Oh, but I do. Go ahead. Go ahead. So 25th anniversary of Fallout, and for Fallout Wee. the anniversary, 
Uh, they've done, they're working on doing kind of like with Skyrim. They did what a revamp version and put a little DLC in with it. Just spice it up. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, let's rehash something instead of making something brand new. Apparently they're going to rehash. I think uh fallout four add a little DLC, something to like, commemorate 25th anniversary. Um, Epic was giving away the game of the year edition of uh, fallout three for a while there, but you, by the time you've heard this, it's too late to get it, but they were giving it away at Epic. And then um, that's pretty epic. I know. And then uh, Fallout seventy six is going to be doing some freebies uh, that should be right about now. They become available. I think there's a new storyline that I still haven't done too. Yeah, there's a couple. There's been a few since I quit playing, but um, so there's DLCs available. But there's going to be like some some content, like a free flag and a gun that's themed or something for the I could for even the freebie players, and then for the pay players, they'll get one or two more little. Bennies or Attaboys or whatever for the 25th anniversary of Fallout. So that was what I had for video games. Okay. I've been playing, but yeah. So here's one for you. Have you heard of Marvel Snap? No. So that is the latest mobile game craze, also available on Steam. No. So I've been playing some of that lately. Really? So I'll tell you this story to tell you that story. Okay. I went over to the uh, Geek World the other day. Oh. They were having a Pokemon pre-release event. Did you see our friend Mark there? I saw our friend Will. Oh, wow, cool. Good old Will. So Will's not working there anymore. No. Uh -huh. So I haven't seen him. In a minute. Probably since COVID pre, times. Pre COVID, yeah. So I got to talk to him and he's like, oh, hey, why don't you check out this game that I'm playing? The old Marvel Snap. So it's a card game, mm -hmm. digital card game. I don't think physical cards actually exist of it. But mm -hmm. it might be kind of cool if it did. Yeah. Um, it's fairly simple. You you get cards of all the characters. And apparently, they just have a crap ton of the Marvel characters. Like, who is that? Well, they're in the game. Mm -hmm. So you have three different zones that you're vying to control. Mm -hmm. And you play cards to those zones. And whoever has the most power there at the end, mm -hmm. you have to win two of the three zones. Okay. So that's all there is to it. So you play your card there like Cyclops is worth four points. Okay, I've got four points here and you have nothing. Ha ha, I win. Mm -hmm. So that's the very basics of it. Mm -hmm. It's more interesting than it sounds from that look on your face. Yeah, I would hope so. But it's, at least at the level I am, it's not all that complicated. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how am I winning all these games? How stupid can people be that they aren't getting this concept? <laughs> <laughs> It takes all kinds, Eddie. It takes all kinds. So it's fairly fun. I mean, it's mobile game phone fun. It's yeah. not Fallout 3 or 4 or 5 or 10 yeah. fun. But It sounds like a fine cool. time waster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I you need be, something new. If you're at the DMV in the line, this is brilliant. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So check that out. This is not paid promotion. Is it? Is it free? Or? Oh, it's free. Oh, because, of ads. course, they'll... No, there's no ads. Really? But they'll sell you the gold or... You know, the crimson bubbles so that you can upgrade things and unlock things. Okay. So they want to make their money off of it. Sure, but it's, you don't have to. Not that nah, I haven't had to buy any yet. But sometimes where it's like, if you buy the gems now, you don't have to wait the 30-minute cooldown. Oh, okay, cool. It doesn't have one of those. Yeah. But, you know, there are games with that. Oh, sure. Well, even uh, when I was doing Duolingo, it was like, if you messed up, you know, five times or something, it's like, well come back tomorrow or whatever to learn more language. And it's like, but if you want to keep learning, you know, you got to pay. And it's like, no, okay, I'm good. I'll be back tomorrow. Um, I'll be back tomorrow. 
I will learn Spanish, Espanol. Um, so, uh, so how was Will otherwise? Mi amigo. Yeah. I was doing really good. And uh, he ended up winning the little tournament or whatever you want to call it. Cool. So, yeah, I ended up, and that was the first one that I've ever played in. Hmm. I got soundly beaten into the ground. But it's your first one. Well, the, the cool thing about this is, and I think you'll appreciate it because I've seen you drooling a little bit about um, magic drafts. Oh, yeah. This is kind of like a draft. Oh. So it's like, here's your deck. Here are X amount of packs. Mm-hmm. You can switch out whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So if you get a really good draw, you're going to fly through this. I didn't draw jack crap. So I basically just had the standard deck. Mm-hmm. And the first dude I played against had won all the championships there before. Oh, wow. So he was a very seasoned player. Yeah. And he drew some godly cards. Pretty well. So it was like, okay, if we just straight up played, you would probably kick my butt. Yeah, steamroll. But then it's like, I have the Black Lotus. So it's like, I got crushed into the ground, but I had a good time. And I was, I mainly did it to throw them some support Mm because I was like, I don't know if they'll have one person or 10 people, Mm -hmm. but they had a good turnout. They had 16 people, I think. Well, good. And that was their first uh, Pokemon event that they've had since the COVID. Yeah, I, things are opening back up there at Geek World. I'm really tickled about that. So, yeah, I went up there and show my support because, like I said, it was the first one, and you're like, I don't know if there'll be one person there, and I can be like, I'm here for you guys, and I'll fill out the brackets. Yeah. I can at least do that. I can fill the brackets. Yeah, we went and had some some uh, Athenas there in um, mm-hmm. Delicious and Tyler, and we swung by because we were hoping to see Mark, but you know, he's he's trying to avoid us, us, which I don't blame him. Um, but anyway, no, it'd be nice to see Mark, but he's got a lot going on, I know, because he's guys fingered a couple different pies and different things. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping we can catch up with him sometime for you know, but yeah. right. well, we are an hour into this show. Wow, so I say we just call it here, forget the topic. Okay. Everybody just clicked off in a rage. Now they're like, ah, these guys. Because we they have we have those few that are like they actually want the role playing topic. We could start going with topic first, but I think we've mentioned that before. It's like, hey, if you'd rather we talk the topic first yeah. and then put all this. Because in there's somebody out there the that back. really they said I love the pop culture. I care less about the role playing yep. topic. There's one guy out of I think Cali or something. Um, so Watsy Bro has received some fustigation from us recently. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to our last couple podcasts. The last couple. <laughs> just the topic portion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You don't have to listen to the whole thing. Yeah, just again. listen to the, 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 the topic. And or when we were on Talking Crit, I think we talked a little, talked a little crit, you know, about uh, Watsy Bro. And then on our last Twitch, we threw a little shade at Watsy Bro. So anyway, I'm not going to rehash that. We're about that. to take them down. Yeah. But the, here's we're bringing the, them to their knees. But we had the idea was, and it's kind of like I've. I could be totally wrong, but I see where uh, Doug is playing in one of my games at the con and it's uh, Savage Worlds. And I was thinking maybe I bet Doug's like, I want to kick the tires on Savage Worlds. What a great chance to do that is at the con playing with Matt. And so because he is hearing what we're saying and he's like, let me check out what my other options are. Well, with that in mind, we thought we would talk about some of your options if you did want to lean away from fifth edition. So... I guess to lead out, if you want to stay with D&D sort of, like that is to say the fifth edition of the world's oldest role-playing game, you could try Five Torches Deep. Um, And how deep? Five Torches. 
All right. So was when, that one of those movies? The guy. <laughs> it actually was that he. No, oh, Brewster. <laughs> hamana, hamana, hamana. <laughs> I'm five torches deep. How did they go? Edit this out. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Do it. So anyway. One of these days he'll die on the cast, <laughs> and I won't edit it. Of course, it'll not. be there in all its glory. There you go. Um, yeah, you could just use that as a soundbite when you do it by yourself from yeah. then on. My death rattle. Yeah, you can use it at the end when I do a death rattle. Anyway. Five Torch Deep is, is, is deadlier. It requires what I call smarter play. Magic is hazardous. Resource management to a small degree. Yay. I.e. the name Five Torches Deep. But a simple encumbrance system. I only have five torches. No dump stats. And stats are overall slightly lower, but otherwise same as 5th edition. You know, 18 is plus 4, blah, blah, blah. There are four classic races. Max level is ninth. Four archetypes, three subclasses. Sound familiar? Each archetype is a single page. Rules are very modular. I like the rules for incapacitation. It encourages proactive healing that we're both big proponents of. Um, he's got travel rules. Casting requires a skill check. There are consequences for failure. Rules for retainers. Um, a real shining point. This is one of these that really impressed me. Great simple monster builder math table. Great tool for making and or converting monsters. Overall, the layout of the book is brilliant. It's very, very clean. So I would definitely say if you want something that's fifth, I mean, basically, if you played fifth edition, you'd sit down to play this and go, you, you could jump right in with no problems. It's very reminiscent of fifth edition, but it's kind of like uh, at one point when we were all playing fifth and we were all getting kind of bored of it. Uh, Gary brought in some new rules and we were still playing fifth edition essentially. Like no one had to be retaught. But he's like, all right, here's where this varies from the typical fifth edition. And it made it a little more harsh, a little more old school. And uh, it was me, Eddie, Cody, and Sean. And I don't, I know I had way more fun than I'd been having in previous months with fifth edition. I really enjoyed it. I believe everyone did, as I remember. Uh, Cody was playing a cleric, that a priest that we really liked. And he played him well. It was a lot of fun. Um, anyway, what was hilarious, though, was, you know, Cody as many – fifth edition playing cleric types are like, I'll let you just hit, take a dirt nap. Then I'll come heal you. And we're like, dude, proactive healing. Ah, yeah, I'll just go down and I'm not going to waste my heals. Well, the hilarious thing in that one. And so I'm we were getting on. levels of exhaustion, right? Yeah. That's, that's all as you on. got so hit. Another one to consider if you want to stick close to fifth edition, this is what Gary was running. I think he did borrow a few concepts from five torches deep, but what Gary was actually running was into the unknown. And uh, yeah, definitely that one. I'll say, yeah, if you hit the ground, you take a level of fatigue. And so, yeah, he let Sean hit the ground, what, two or three times in that one adventure? And you don't really see the fatigue rules used that much in 5th edition. But, boy, when you do, and what a great way to use them, there should be a consequence for going below zero hit points or at zero. And there it is. And next thing after two or three levels of fatigue, Sean's warrior is shut Budged. down and he looked over Cody like if you let me hit the ground one more time I'm literally going to reach across the table and punch you not you not my character punch you I mean, you know so it's like do be proactive with the healing so I love it finally brought fatigue which is a great system in fifth edition that you never really see used much it brought it into play in a very meaningful way and it really encourages proactive healing you know I'm sorry you were going to say something I think I no, oh, okay. I'm still giggling about other things okay <laughs> this is again video cast yeah um, but back to, yeah, so Into the Unknown, it's more similar to 5e than even Five Torches is, even though still, if you ever played 5th edition, you'd have no problem getting people to be able to play Five Torches. 
Into the Unknown is is even more similar. It's a blend of old school and 5E. You could call it 5E rules lighter. It has a BX feel to it. And if you don't know what I mean by BX, the old D&D basic exchange rules. And so um, there are no races. The races are classes here, um, which is a very old school concept, you know. And I remember I played an elf in that game with Cody and you and Sean. And the elf was kind of a gish, as they call it nowadays, where he was a little melee, a little casting, definitely decent range skills. Sounds like, you know, fantasy elf. And uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I remember playing my character. Um, And so um, there are no feats and no skills, sort of. So where you go, wait a minute, I like skills. Well, they're kind of there and they're kind of not. Um, The max level is 10th level. Um, it's got harsher healing rules. I, I love this fatigue. We just talked about mm-hmm. it. Um, anyone can try anything is their motto. So backgrounds make better sense. Um, and you know how the backgrounds in fifth edition, you almost wonder like three were done by one guy and four were done by another guy. I mean, they just, they don't gel well and some seem way better than others or whatever. The guy really kind of evened out the backgrounds. They make better sense. And there's an interesting dynamic how they work with your cl- with your class and your race and all that. Um, like I said, there's an interesting dynamic with leveling. Instead of a stat bump, which you can take a stat bump, but you can learn a new spell or a new proficiency or things along those lines. So let's say you're playing a fighter, but when it's time to level up and get that stat bump, you go, you know, instead of a stat bump, I want to learn a spell. Okay. Or you go, you know what? We don't have a, no one wanted to play a rogue. Um, I want to take, I want to be able to pick locks. Okay. You, you, that's what your guy's been training in the background during his downtime was someone gave him a little treatise that would normally like an apprentice would have that he's been pouring over and studying in his spare time. And all of a sudden he unlocks the, the use of that spell or picking locks or, or something like that. So that's kind of interesting in the whole anybody can do anything. Um, the, re- the races feel more individual and unique. Like I said, I played an elf, which is a classes, uh, races class, and I really liked it. Um, I've looked at the halfling. It's got a very unique, interesting flavor, as does the dwarf. So even though their class is race, and for some games that really didn't have that much flavor or that meaningful, it really, you're not going to feel disappointed that like, well, wait a minute, I can't be, you know, a class and a race. Race is your class, but you, it really has a unique, interesting flavor that makes it worthwhile to play a dwarf as opposed to a human warrior, you know, whatever. Um, so that's, so that's so far, that's the two that if you want to stay close to fifth edition, you're trying to get your table to switch over, you know what I mean? But you're, so they're like, well, we we're, I, you know, like, oh, I don't want to learn a new game. If you can play, if you played fifth edition, these are close enough to home. It's not a hard transition. I'll put it that way. Anything you would cut, you, you got to play that into the unknown. No, I really liked it, but we had a lot of fun with it. Would you agree? I think wasn't the magic system that Gary took from Harnmaster, or was that? Yeah, that was something that he tried to kind of blend in or whatever. So that was Gary's own thing. That wasn't into the see. I was a wizard, so I got to experience and interact with that system of the game, and I really liked the way that was laid out. But I can't go. Oh, check out. Five torches, ten torches, twelve torches deep. Yeah, I won't lie. Because I, of that, I bought the book Five Torches and I looked at it and I really was impressed with it. And when I showed it to Gary, he's like, "No, no, thank you." And uh, but he, but then he came back later and said there were aspects of it he did like, and he culled those in. So when Gary did that thing for us, it was a little bit in search of the unknown mm-hmm. or into the unknown, excuse me, 
a little bit five torches and some of it was just Gary's homebrew stuff. But overall, which was a good time. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had a great time because he used Harn world as the actual campaign world, which is a very rich, rich world. So um, a point I'm saying is uh, if you already own the books, keep, keep using them. If you love them, that's great. But the whole idea of don't give Watsy bro any more of your money well, the IE is, yeah, come up with your own stuff or find something you can steal from like Gary. Or if you're like, I'd like to move, you know, I'm kind of bored with 5th edition as well. This might be that that transition to something that's similar. Um, but moving away from, you know, similar to 5th edition, uh, Troll Lord Games, mm-hmm. Castles and Crusades. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh-huh. And we played that before we started playing 5th edition. And like uh, TJ loved it so much, he had just went out and bought the books right before Gary, you know, twisted my arm and was like, come on, man, 5th edition coleslaw, coleslaw. Um, and that's how we jumped on the 5th edition train. But it's a solid old school fantasy. The, these guys are out of Arkansas, which is kind of cool being from the South. Gary Gygax worked with these guys from around 2003 until his death in 2008. He really liked these guys and he liked working with them. And they, you know, he was, he did a lot of stuff through them. What's sad is none of that stuff, these little anecdotes, some of y'all like, none of that stuff's available because when he died, the missus was like, no, you know, that belongs to, to me and, you know, whatever in the estate. And so it's just languishing in limbo. Um, if you like attributes of saves, this is where that first came from. Yep. So it's in fifth edition, but it was done first in castles and crusades because those old saves were wonky. Um, it, your filthy it's very much a D 20 system. So it's easy to pick up if you've ever played another one. It's, it, it's a very polished first, second edition D and D, you know, in a lot of ways, but they have something they call their siege engine, which is a die 20 plus the appropriate attribute modifier plus your level sometimes versus either 12 or 18, depending on if it's your class's primary or secondary attribute for tasks and saves and things. There are 13 classes, including the assassin and the knight. There are seven races, the traditional races, you know, and there's the, and it's Vankian magic, you know, fire and forget. There is no skill system. Um, so anything else you'd add about when we played castles and crusades? No, it was a lot of fun. We enjoyed it. That was we when we were playing it was about the time that the fifth edition playtesting was going on too, mm-hmm. and so I mean we jumped off the fifth edition playtest stuff and started playing that. Yeah, we tried the playtest and we're like, Bleh, and we pushed it aside and we started doing castle. And these guys used to be good about they came to the first three or four NTRPGs that we attended. They almost always had a booth there, and there's this one guy that was kind of a neat guy that would run the booth for them that I remember interacting with. And I bought some of their product, you know, there because we really like. And definitely someone who enjoys first, second edition D and D. Definitely, this is close enough to that that you can appreciate it. But they, I, you know, they made some tweaks to make mm-hmm. it definitely uh, more playable. So, one that we almost were obligated by, we're under contract to mention, Dungeon Call Classics. Um, DCC uses difficulty numbers or DCs. It's got three saves, which I love. It leans into rolling randomly for stats, hit points, that sort of thing. It encourages unique monsters, which I think is brilliant. You can do that in any game. Um, that has the funnel and that's the thing like even bad Mike brought up on, um, talking crit like, Oh yeah, funnels. You guys love the funnels, right? And we're like, yeah. Um, the dead die, the deed die is brilliant for warriors. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. Spells are a table, and they don't always work. Um, casters can crit, essentially. The crit and fumble tables are a lot of fun. 
So these you are a lot table of the, loving son of a gun. Yeah, I know these are a lot of the pros. Now for the cons. Uh oh. It goes off the rails pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, the right party can literally. I've seen it break the game. But let's be honest. A lot of games go off the rails at higher levels. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, D and D three, four, five. Spells are a table and don't always work. Sound familiar? <laughs> it's under pros and cons. And the crit table fumbles aren't for everyone, and they slow play a little bit. And Eddie's, Eddie's nodding in, in agreement. I'm not a tables kind of guy. Yeah, Eddie doesn't really like tables. And DCC's got, that's like Papa John's like, ah, big books, intimidating. It's all tables, bro. It's all, each spell is its own table, you know. So this is probably where I should be like, I shouldn't, a bumblebee shouldn't be able to fly. It's not aerodynamic or whatever. It's like, I probably shouldn't like DCC for some of the things. Yeah. It's like, it's got a bunch of tables mm-hmm. and uh, it goes off the rails gonzo. Mm-hmm. And it encourages too much gonzoness in some people. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, well, it's it's supposed to, it should be so deadly. Dungeon crawl classics. Oh yes, mm-hmm. this must be. You set foot in the dungeon and you die, mm-hmm. which is different amounts of funds for different people. Mm-hmm. But it it makes you think this is super deadly. And when it encourages people to run through dungeons like jackasses, that's when it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But it's, or it, some of the swinginess. Yeah, and that's where some people just like Gary cannot abide double R, can't stand you know the 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 house swingy and the wild spell charts and all that stuff. But, but it's got so much of the old school feel. There's so much about it that I do like, and then mm-hmm. I like if we get to like Savage Worlds. I'm assuming mm-hmm. in we a few will. here. Yeah. One of the things I like about this is there are so many variations. Mm-hmm. So if you want to play in the woods. Play DCC. If you want to play in the post-apocalyptic world, play MCC. Or America. If you want to play in the Wild West. Yeah, Weird Frontiers. If you want to play in space. You got Starcrawl. If you want to play monsters. Uh, yeah. Mm. 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 I saw what you did there. So there's a lot of different variations of it. Kind of yeah. like you only have to learn this one system. And it was, that's one thing. It's that if once you learn the engine, it's a simple engine. It translates into all these other, you know, game systems. And that's what's great is people have done. And, and Joe Goodman's a really good guy. He's very much, yeah, have fun. And he's lent that license or allowed. Like there's like, there's a, a free uh, app online that you can use for because you might be like I don't know where to get those funky dice so I don't want to buy them. There's a free app that's got the funky dice and a lot of the game purple mechanics. Sorcerer, purple sorcerer, crawler companion, crawler's companion. So really nice of Joe to lend that out there. And again, like it's some, so good it should be illegal. Yeah, and there's some guy that I wish I could conjure his name who did like basically if you like something like. Um, Cyberpunk or whatever. Oh, Cyber Sprawl. He's got his Cyber Sprawl, which are really rules so good you should have to pay for them, and they're free. And there's a very prolific community that creates a mm-hmm. lot of free content, add-ons, and bonus material. And what's cool is, is like Joe's out here. He could go, well, it's time to issue the third edition of um, uh, DCC. DCC. Nope, it's the same book since twenty almost wow ten years now. And he's not trying to let's kickstart a new edition or whatever to make a buck or whatever. They, and some of the best modules you'll ever play. Yeah, DCC and they don't modules. crank them out every yeah. you know few months. They have like quality authors. Some. You're writing really good adventures, and I'm telling you, I mean, they're so good. Even before I really embraced DCC, I converted a couple adventures over into fifth edition because they're just so darn good. Mm-hmm. And then they they lean into the whole, like I said, unique monsters and. 
I remember when you were a kid, like D&D was kind of scary and creepy. You mm-hmm. get to be an adult and you're like, eh, I ain't scared of this crap. I'm scared of cancer and my bills and my mortgage. No, you start, these adventures are creepy. They're scary. They That chill up your spine. Yeah. But for me, you need that old school group. Yeah, now, that's that, just that for too, yeah. me. You yeah. can have your own preferences, Matt Couch, yeah. but for me, <laughs> I like the old school, let's be careful through the dungeon instead of like, we're mm. on a ride in the in the park yeah. and let's go, wee. Like, it's each shown, but like for me and Eddie, like our yardstick, if we play in a fun with the end of it, it's like, ha I got all four of my characters left, you know, and and you still were involved and helped out. You didn't just hide in the back. I mean, that's not brag worthy. Like, I got in there and helped and put my chin out there a couple times i took some swings at the monster but i played smart and i did helped get through this dungeon hooray look at me you know but i'll say yeah the funnels are brilliant um i like the weird dice because the dice chain is their dynamic whereas like fifth edition has advantage and disadvantage you work your way up and down the dice chain and sometimes that works kind of well and i kind of like it um but anyway it, and as eddie said it's got a lot of charts and tables and i love charts and tables i'll say that whereas you, i like to just come up with stuff or have yeah. my own little simple this yeah. is how i'm going to do it and what's great is not to say you can't do that this is again like old school D back in the day before the internet everybody's D was a little different you mm-hmm. might go meet a new friend and get to play games with the guy in the next town over and find that they had this notebook that's well worn and lovingly taped up that's got all their house rules in it for you to learn and or study and it's still D&D at the end of the day but it would be very maybe different from what you played back in Skittlesville or whatever you know and so definitely with DCC I've seen as I played at cons like just to let y'all know up front I don't do this and I do do that and da 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 like me I'll let people know at a con Spellburn I'm not gonna let you burn Spellburn more than five points at a time and I use either Intel or Luck for you know perception da 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 um, so it's neat. Um, so black hack. Well, Go ahead. before you move off of this yeah. and yeah. before you get to the other one, one of the things I was going to say is we are encouraging you to move away from fifth edition to mm-hmm. support your friendly local game shop. Right. Yeah. So how many of these are you going to find on the shelves? Yeah. That's the other problem. Yeah. So probably the most popular stuff you're going to find is Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's on you if you love Pathfinder. Just Pathfinder too. Yeah. Savage Worlds mm-hmm. and Goodman Games stuff like DCC. Because I tell you, Geek World's got a ton of MCC, DCC. We even Geek World's it, got everything. We even saw a New America book there on their show. And today, I which, bought it. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Mark, Mark, we we promoted that game in Tyler, and Mark embraced it. And back in the day, we ran in. Shreveport and so embraced it and had it on the shelf. So, and I say what you will, our <clears throat> local game store, last I heard, they've got quite a little selection of DCC stuff. So, you know, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen it, but anyway, yeah, but definitely in, talk to your, your, uh, purveyor, your store, whatever. Yeah, you know, see hey, if they can get can, it in. Can you get X? Can you get Y? I really want to check this out. And I'd rather get it through you. And I know what you're thinking. Well, I could just get it off the internet and save a dollar or whatever, but Dude, if it's only a couple of bucks, it probably is. Throw that bone to your local game store. And if you have no friendly local game store, then carry on. By all means, Go about yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. This is if you have one and if you're utilizing them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes maybe even if you're not that much, just to try and throw them a bone. Yeah. But if you're going and playing every week and you're never buying anything, they, you know, they never see a nickel out of you because you buy all your stuff online, mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to keep the lights on forever. Yeah. And, 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 and you might go, oh, I don't care, but I'm telling you, I've seen this stuff play out. I've been a gamer for a long time, and I remember when uh, the old um, 
Tom Strippel play in Shreveport closed. There were guys looking down the verge of tears. And I just shook my head and went, I've been preaching this shit for the last six months. Y'all got got new people were buying all their stuff offline. And yeah, they had to close the doors. I mean, and then they were like, where are we going to play at? Exactly. Dumbass. Or even if like, well, I got a game table at home. Yeah, but how cool is it to come up to the game store and ask questions of the person that runs the store and maybe look at something on the shelf first and go, if it's not shrink wrap and go, oh, this looks good. This is worth me buying or whatever, you know, or something something it's great to have that opportunity and you you, you got to support your your local game store yeah like if you ask me why i'm buying the pokemon's cards yeah. that's something i'm buying from the local game shop and luckily now we can buy a burger from the our local shop yeah. which is so, nice so if you walk in you're like i don't really need any game paraphernalia buy a hamburger drink and fries and i tell you the price point is in too reasonable and this is me saying that but i mean even I, I told him i, I, was, I, I told him i was like guys this is you're pretty giving this stuff away so you, you want a really good meal in in kilgore at a really insanely good price yeah go go check them out but it's like when i went to see uh silver fox or steel fox steel. over in uh Bossier, I walked in the door. I said, I hear kids find something you want. We're going to buy a few things because let me help out my friendly local game store. Bo's an old, old bud of ours. Um, he had told me that, uh, so has been doing some, uh, tabletop over there. Good. So anyway, I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm missing so myself. So anyway, black hack, the rules are player forward game masters. You will love it or you will hate it. Um, if you know what we're talking about, it's basically the players roll the dice. It's like <gasps> the player's attacking. All right, roll your dice. Okay, uh, my monster's attacking you. You need to defend. The player rolls the dice to defend. So the, the only time you even touch a dice is to roll damage. And if you want to use average damage, you never touch a dice. It feels so alien for a guy who's been gaming for years like me. But once you get used to it, it's kind of liberating. Yeah, he's over here grinning. He knows what I'm talking about. Um that's because there's the even cooler version, Barbarians of the Ruined Earth. And I was going to get to that. Oh, I know you are, um, but go ahead if you had yeah. some more black hack. Yeah. Black hackery. So to let you know about it, black hack and it's many, many, many derivatives, it, you roll under a stat. Um, it rules are player forward. It, it has a usage die. Again, some people like the use die. Uh, I was talking to Beatty the other day, and he was like, I ain't a big fan of the usage die. But again to each I their love own. it yeah see that see for resource see, management see, that's yeah. how you do it and that's just it Eddie's a guy who doesn't really care for resource management so he loves it and that's great um, magic isn't slot or point based it will at least work once in the basic black hack and other systems that are derivatives it might work differently but it's basically like the very first time you cast spell it works and every time thereafter when you you roll a die and if you like choke out a fail, the, the spell shut down until you rest or whatever. But if you roll a success each time, you keep casting that magic missile over and over again. So it's at the Luck and Capri, which sounds like another game we just talked about, but here's the difference. You cast magic missile on DCC, you might fail the initial casting. Or you might cast a nuke. Or you might cast a nuke that crits and blows the monster away and the GM just holds his hat and cries or whatever into well, it. Well, everything in a five-mile radius. Exactly, yeah. Like I said, these crazy charts. But in um, in Black Hack and some of its derivatives, basically, yeah, that first casting just works for you because they know that's not fun, you know. But after that, and it's in other games, it's fire and forget. Well, no, here, the Capri of the die, which, which is kind of fun. I like that your mods may vary. Um, 
So let's see. Um, uh, uh, magic. It's not very crunchy. And people that like more rules aren't apt to like it. Um, even if you're not crazy about Black Hack, a lot of great games have been built off the engine that might add just the tweaks to make you like it. Black Sword Hack, which is kind of like the world of Elric of Melnabun, which you know I love those books, and I've thought about looking into this, but like I don't have enough stuff on my plate. Mm. And of course, there's Bottery, which is Barbarians of Ruin Earth, which you know we're big proponents. If you listen to this, it's a wonderful game. Mike Evans took the Black Hack rules and really improved upon them in a lot of ways, and it's a fun, fun, fun game. Um, Eddie runs it at almost every con- our con when he goes to North Texas. Uh, I think did you run it when we went to Gary Con? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, and the cool thing about that is that's introducing it to a lot of new people. Yeah, yeah. and I don't think I've had anybody that said they didn't like barbarians. A lot of people love it. I mean, they play it. You get a taste of that, and it's it's just a lot of fun. And for Eddie, like we talked about, I won't belabor the podcast, Do but it. like he might run a more fatalistic, uh, iron hand, fair, hard but fair kind of you know game master game of D and D or whatever you want to call it, DCC or something. But for him, it's it's funny to see him put that different hat on because when he's running this, he's the we let's have fun and I love everybody. He wants more lemonade, have another cookie, you know. I mean, it's just the complete flip of the switch, and he gets to revel in this and play that way, you know. And but he, I think that's switching from like the old school jamming style to the modern jamming style. Yeah. And it's not to say that you couldn't die in 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 black hack, but definitely in Bottery. It's it's pretty tough to die, and that's and I think so that's how the um, the guy who wrote it, Mike Evans wanted it to be. Again, you're making these games your own, and if you like rules light, which oh, yeah. I do, yeah, it's rules light, and we love well Black Hackers rules light, uh, Bodery's rules light, all these derivatives are pretty. If you much don't want to go look at the table in the back of mm-hmm. Appendix G. And, and even, like I said, something like DCC where it has a chart, I mean, you have to use it. Make it your own. But Because I think for something like this where it's rules light and there's not a table, you're more inclined to come up with a, cru- a cooler crit or whatever. It's like, okay, you hit him. Roll the crit. Okay, this is table three, and you rolled a 12, so that means you cut off his big toe. Okay, yeah. congratulations, do your extra die. Whereas in Black Hack or Barbarians, you're more inclined to go like, and then you climb on top of him, and you come screaming out of the sky, and you land and split his skull, and blah, blah. Yeah. It's more evocative, perhaps. Because it is a shame that, that if, if you're in the heat of giving your dialogue and the fight, and all of a sudden, oh, you got a crit. Well, let's flip to the book. Where is that in the page of 94, I think? Okay, uh, you're a fighter. Oh, what level are you? Third? Oh, yeah, because that's a different chart. Okay, here we go. All right, uh, roll this dice. Yeah, yeah. It How takes better? you out of the moment. Exactly. About it takes that? you out. And I'm always been that guy that I love an immersive game and high energy and, and being in the moment and everything. So it does kind of pull you out of the, the verisimilitude a little bit. So yeah, and, and and I will say like with when we've done Bottery or I've done Black Hack, like you remember you're rolling to evade being hit. So mm-hmm. I, another thing, people, this blows their minds. They don't always like it. You're used to, oh boy, I rolled a 20. No, no, no. You, 20's bad. You want to roll below a stat. You, like the best thing you can roll is a one. So when you roll a one, you get a crit. If you're rolling to evade being hit and roll a 20, that's when I laugh as the GM. You just got critted. And you rolled the hit that made you get critted. Which I also love is putting that back on the players. Uh-huh. And like, you rolled it. You rolled it, not me. Yeah, I love that. They can't get mad at you. And so the thing is, that's when it doesn't really give 
per se, I think it might give rules in both games for a crit, but I know me, I threw it out the window. I'm like, I do the thing where I go, all right, either you're going to take double damage or you take damage. And I get to do something fun to you. And most people go, I'll oh, screw that. I'll take double damage. Or other times I'll go, all right, you critted. And it, Cause I ran this at, um, uh, ReaperCon. And I told somebody at one point, all right, you can do regular damage and something cool. Well, this girl goes, yeah, uh, I want to say I hobbled him and did regular damage. I said, brilliant. Now he can't, he was trying to run away like the monster was or trying to chase somebody who was trying to get away from him that was injured really bad. Like, brilliant. Yeah, okay, you smash him in the foot and do regular damage. Oh, but you hobbled him for the rest of the fight. Or like, I'll take five feet off his movement. So I think that's a cool way to handle that. And that's just something I came up with. And you could do that with any game again, I suppose. But anyway. But like I said, there's other games. There's so many derivatives. There's Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells, which is somewhat popular within this niche. There's Macchiato Monsters, mm -hmm. the Rad Hack. Um, I own Black Hack and some of its derivatives that I bought off Drive Through RPG, and I'd like to run a campaign in it. But I'll admit, if I did, I would tweak it quite a bit. But it's a very rules-like game. It's very tweakable. I could see taking rules from all these other different derivatives, cherry picking all the ones I like the best. And, and running that, and it would be a ton of fun. Um, and it's very simple. I mean, it's very easy to learn. It's rules light, a lot of fun. Um, it, it, like I said, Eddie's a big proponent, at least of Bottery. Um, I, yeah. All rules light. Yeah, yeah. If it's rules light, yeah. Anything else you'd add on that? Why aren't you playing it? Exactly. And I will say with um, Bottery, yeah. you'll probably have to order that that's yeah. when you probably will have to break down. But Well, you can get the PDF, too. Well, you're not going to get it from your friendly local game store, exactly. is what I'm saying. Right, so definitely that one. Even though I will say some of our local game stores... Yeah, if you live near us. If you live near us, you can... Uh, uh, Gamers XP in Shreveport has a couple copies on Dragon's the Dragon's Nest and Dragon's probably Nest Geek Nest. World, too. Yeah, so... Bob well, no, then again, I think Geek World might have been sold out. Oh, then we need to get them I don't remember more. seeing... We've only got yeah. five left. I think we ordered 50. And if you're coming to our con... We might have a few copies, or our buddy, even better, uh, David Donahue of yeah. Hedden Games, ought to have some copies. Right. So. We've got five copies left, and I will cry to see them go because I know I'll start up a game of that and be like, sorry, guys, you have to order it online. I had copies for a group, but now I don't. Because after Eddie runs a game, it usually anybody that doesn't already have a copy goes, where can I get this? Right here, bub. You know, or we'll direct them towards you know David or whatever. Um, good old Hedden Games. All right. I had to talk about, you know, one of my, my new, well, not new, but one of my, my newer passions, Heather? Savage Worlds. Huh? Huh? A man of, of many and varied interests. Yep. But yeah. But Savage Worlds, so, so many companion books. It's easy to learn, but there's ways to layer in complexity. It has exploding dice, the extras rule, which is similar to minions from another game. It's got bennies, um, I'll, and you know, not to belabor it, but the bennies are basically like, um, you know, up. I kind of like uh, what is it called? Inspiration in fifth edition, where it's like, up. I flubbed the roll. I'm going to spend a benny to roll again. You know, and you can use them for other things too. I like that you can affect the story, kind of like. And to talk about DCC again, the luck rule is one of the coolest things from DCC. You can use luck for neat things. Well, same principle here. You might in the story go, hey, Jim, can we say that uh, I know this one NPC over here? Give me a Benny. All right. Yeah. You know, the, the, you know, the, the guy that's running the stable or whatever, you know, I mean, you can influence the story to a certain degree with Bennies. You can reroll dice with Bennies. So they're really neat. Um, and like I said, the extras rule is most monsters and people and 
characters in the game have one hit point essentially and one wound if you will and so the game doesn't get that bogged down you know with oh it's gonna be forever no these you can throw a handful of spiders at somebody you know giant spiders each one of them has one wound you know yeah it'll be it'll be challenging they'll be biting and doing poison or whatever but the players can mow them down and have their fun with them you know um and and for no and the few people that don't know what exploding dice means, if you roll the highest number on your die, you get to pick it up and roll it again and add it to what you previously rolled. So you roll a die eight, you roll an eight, hoo-hoo, you never, you know, you roll the die eight again. You roll, you know, one through seven, you add that to the, the eight, you got a really good number. You roll another eight, that's right. You get to pick it up, roll it a third time, you know, or yeah, third time. And add that again. So I mean it just really it gets kind of it can be swingy, but that's where the bennies kind of compensate for some of that. It's, you know, it's a lot of fun. I'll say that we've been running Savage Pathfinder at the club on Thursday nights for the last couple months. Is it's starting to grow to be now months. I'm loving it. And yeah, we're having a lot of fun. And what's funny is I'll see other tables that when our table just explodes with laughter and cheers when we get these really wild uh, series of exploding, you know, uh, dice a player does and gets some outrageous attack or when the bad guy gets that, people are like, oh, you hear this groan at the table, whatever, but we're so animated with it. I see other tables kind of looking over side eye and like, those guys look like they're having a lot of fun. The exploding dice add a really fun element to the game. I just got to say, and the bennies and stuff. Um, so yeah, so Savage Worlds, like I lit in with so many companion books. So You've got the core rules, and that's one of the neat things, kind of like DCC. Once you know the core rules, there's so many different genres, I guess I'll call it. Yep. There's the Wild West, post-APOC, the other post-APOC, blah, 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 you know, space or whatever. Well, like right now I'm looking at the Superpowers Companion book. Beautiful book, hardbound. Like all the stuff from Pinnacle is really well made, well laid out, really high-quality paper, gorgeous artwork reasonably priced they come with like two and three ribbons for marking your place um but I've, i haven't played supers in years and i haven't really wanted to but having read the supers book i'm actually like oh i could i could you know play some supers and like we talked about going to a con where you're like god i gotta carry the books for three or four different systems if you want to vary your play how cool if you just like nope i you know i've got the savage worlds all the way i got the core savage worlds and i might bring the supers book uh deadlands which is their weird west and bring uh, you know, their space book or whatever. Riffs. You know. Yeah, you know, riffs or something. Yeah, so Savage Riffs. And so there's the, the, and so the companions from Pinnacle are really well done. But again, like talking about DCC, where it's got a really loyal fan base, producing a lot of great content. And, and Joe Goodman's a real sweetheart about not, I'm bringing my lawyers, I'm going to stomp you into the ground. If you'll like look to your right idea over there, I found the other day, just on a goof, I went doing some searches. Someone's done a very elaborate, high quality, well made free version of like um, Savage World Star Wars, like mm. the, a companion. And it looks like at first glance, I thought it was official. It's that well done. And I realized, oh no, it was a fan homage freebie thing you could get. And so, um, most anything you can think of, either it's been legally licensed. Or someone's made a loving version of like it. Like Fallout. Yeah. There's about five or six different Fallouts. So even if you looked at one and went, oh, man, this is some amateur crap, look at the other five that are out there. You probably cobbled together something you really loved. I've played in and um, heard about people doing Savage Worlds Fallout. It's been phenomenal. Uh, our buddy Kirby does a Savage Worlds Gamma World. You know, it's pretty much Gamma World, but Savage Worlds. Um, I found that... 
people have done a shadow run for Savage Worlds. It's unofficial because the rules. I love the theme of shadow run, but well, the there's rules a lot of that crap riffs. Yeah, there's the riffs. That's an official product. Though. A lot of great books coming out for that. I found on, on a goof. I thought about beloved TV show Firefly. Yep, there's an unofficial, very high quality version of Firefly. For and you can even rules. play the Pathfinder, like you said, without having to put up with Pathfinder rules because they've got a lot of lore uh-huh. where you're like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is nice, but mm-hmm. how could it be even better? Yeah. The World of Galarian, they brought in a bunch of professional writers early on at Piazzo, Pazo, whatever, and paid them to, like, we wanted to develop this really cool world and we want to write some great adventures in this world using our new game, Pathfinder. Well, stay what you will and what think what you will about Pathfinder, but. Boom, here's all that cool lore, like Eddie said, but using what is a rule system I, I like better. I'll put it that way. Um, just to give a quick you know, overview of, um, and I guess I like the core game dynamic. It's roll with a skill or an attribute with a target number four. You, you get four better, you hit, or the skill went off or whatever. Um, if you get four over the target number, you got what they call a raise. Something cool happens. You know, do an extra die damage, or you didn't just hit them, you knocked them down or whatever. That's really kind of cool. Um, and then, you know, when you get a raise, something cool happens. Like I said, hit the sweet spot. It really hits the sweet spot for me. I like the game. It's it's not too complicated. Really, we've had people show up at the game club, and we go, hey, join us. You know, we'd love to have you. And they go, oh, I don't know. We have cheat sheets. They sit down. Within one combat, they have the core dynamic down like that's that. one where you don't have to use a ton of dice exactly really you you don't use the die 20 which again is really alien to a lot of people that are used to most games the core die you use the most of d20 you'll you'll only time you roll a die 20 would really be for a fear test um but i like like i said you the progression of uh, stats and skills are based off of four six eight ten twelve um i won't go into it too deep but just say it's a really neat system it's a lot of fun um Magic can really shine in the right hands, but that's like magic in most games, really. I mean, the the, the yardstick, I think, sometimes of a good player to a great player is put a put a, a magic character in front of them, and the adequate player can do an adequate job, but in the hands of a really talented player, they can really do some awesome stuff. Well, this one is really neat because the magic's more freeform. Like, you can go, all right, I have a bolt spell. But it's the player that goes, ooh, let me look at these little extras. Well, I can add a glow effect to it. Like when I hit them with the bolt, it'll light them up. They're going to be easier to hit for the next couple rounds. Oh, and I can do a thing where it's ongoing damage. Ooh, or I can make an armor piercing. Hey, so in the end, and these are things that everyone has access to without having to pay for it. So on the fly, you might just, the player, it's like, let me put my phone down. I don't have to go, I bolt, pick their phone back up. Oh, okay. But the one that goes, well, I'm going to bolt, and I'm going to make it two points of armor piercing. And, yeah, I'm going to add that, um, that effect will kind of harry them where it might slow them down, you know, for a few rounds. Where oh yeah, I mean, in the right circumstance, that's cool. And so that's to me, that's a big. I love playing casters, and that's a cool. But if you're just someone like, oh, that sounds complicated. All of those are modular accessory rules. You don't have to do that, you know. Yeah, you can make that as rules light or as rule heavy as you want. Absolutely, I've seen you those, control the level of rules. Yeah, you can layer them in, you know. Um, and so we, cause we've had the people that are not that involved that are having fun and the people that are like James Ward's playing and he's just a brilliant guy. And you can see him, the ability that fighters have in Savage World Pathfinder is they can have any access to any fighter 
edge. Edges are basically like feats from certain other games, but you can have access to any edge. Like he's novice level, you can have any novice level fighter feat. So in the moment he goes, ooh, I want to do a wield right now. Oh, wait a minute, I'm fixing to use my bow. I want archery skill or what are the, the enhancer for that. Or actually I want to take the edge that'll make me better at knocking him over, tripping him or something like that. So in the moment you can vary. Like for this round I'm activating that warrior ability and I'm taking that given edge. It's kind of huh, cool. Yeah. That's the that's the smart the 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 smart players fighters. I mean, you, when you go sometimes in other games, you're like you're a pretty smart guy. You want to play a fighter? Well, yeah, swing, swing, swing. But in this, I mean, you can, again you can shine kind of like in DCC. You have a D die. Well, I'm just gonna have to hit damage. I don't want to think. Okay. Or you might go. I'm gonna try for an actual deed with my deed die where I want to sweep the leg or disarm him or whatever. It kind of makes me think of the utility spells for a wizard. Yeah. Where you're like, I've got the right spell for just this right occasion. Well, with that fighter, you can have the right feet for that occasion. So that's very cool. No, it's it's really neat. I'm, I'm telling you, I really Pathfinder shines. And in a lot of games, I find bards, nobody really wants to play them. What? One of the, it's like a little wink, wink. Little, no one's already played one yet. And I haven't put it out there because I don't want to say anybody piling to playing them. But probably... You can't have perfect balance in any role-playing game. If you but that's do, the broken boring, thing. I'd say, honestly, at pound per pound, because I'm a... You're that guy. I'm a closet power gamer. The bard is a little broke. You know, I mean, it's really good. Um, but anyway, but the, all, but all, I'll say all of the first-level classes are good. I wanted to see how good the barbarian was. If you're going to be kind of boring, I'm playing a barbarian. When I get a chance to play, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And you don't necessarily want to rage every time, because you get levels of fatigue when you rage. Um, and fatigue is pretty significant in uh, Savage Worlds. Um, anyway, so like I said, uh, bu, 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 bu. oh yeah, so you don't use the die 20 other than fear checks. Like I said, some people are kind of freaked out by that, which is amusing to me. Um, I recently got my Fantasy Companion PDFs and my Supers Hardbound. Um, the books from Pinnacle, like I said, are very well made, laid out well, gorgeous artwork. Um, and like I said, a good price, a really good price point. And I, and for what it's worth, kind of like Joe Goodman, Sean Hensley or whatever, mm, he's just Shane. a super, super nice guy, just super nice guy. Um, and so I'm glad to see him w winning. You know what I mean? Like this is something I don't mind. Like I'll, I hate to say it. I was going to leave it alone, but talking about like black hack, I'm not overly fond of the guy that wrote the game, but showing that I'm a big mm. enough guy. It's, it's a good game. Throw the guy a buck, even though I don't really like him. But on the other hand, Savage Worlds is a great game. But on top of that, Shane's just a super nice guy. Um, I guess one more thing. Well, anyway, old school essentials. Oh, and uh, one more thing. Oh, yeah. Anything else you want to add about Savage Worlds? No, but you're saying OSE. OSE, yeah. But don't forget to say Osric. Wow. Oh, yeah. Let's 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 just delve into Osric first. No, right. you do it. No, you do it. You did it. No, you say it. How close are we to the end of this? list Relatively is this close. about it no there's this one or oh two jesus christ no but i'll try to be brief but but anyway osric our buddy uh john hershberger who's involved with black blade publishing publishing bleh, they do osric and osric is all the old first well, second edition ad and d they're just a distributor aren't they yeah yeah but still i think don't they have their finger in the pot somehow but anyway great bunch of guys uh there's a nice big hardbound book and it's essentially, if you ever wanted a taste of what first, second edition D&D was like, get Osric. It is first edition, it, it is. really. It's, it's basically first. But they added a few things from second, I think. I feel like, didn't they? Mm. Maybe. But anyway, but regardless, it's basically first edition D&D. It's like the Monster Manual, the DMG, and the Player's Handbook all in one big hardbound book at a very reasonable Under price 30 point. bucks. Yeah, I think they're literally selling it at cost. It's, it's, so it's a labor of love. 
because it's like yeah, thirty. It's under thirty bucks. It's laid out a lot better than the original books. That's what I was getting at. Was it's laid out better and the you can read it. Won't make your eyes bleed. I've kept my old books for nostalgia's sake, and they you can tell they've been lovingly used. I couldn't probably sell them, but yeah, trying to go back and read them now. That type says so if I so want to play small. first edition, I'm going to pull out Osric. Well, and that was it. At one point, uh, Hershberger hooked us up with some books, and we bought them, like a case of them, and we had no problem selling them to some of our local players from the club they went and whatnot. Quick. Yeah, they went quick. And I was envious because I would love to play, but it was during the weekday when I was working. But Eddie had a group going for a while there on weekdays, and the players showed up week after week to play essentially first edition Eddie To get Osric, their asses kicked. To get the crap kicked out of by the guy who loved to kick the crap you know but, but the yeah. thing was yeah. they were far more rich and covered with magic items than any fifth edition character that level would be yeah. so it was like wait how much gold do we get yeah. that's right mm-hmm. high risk high reward Lord. And I'll say this, that's the good thing about if you want to play something like Osric, you've got all those great old yeah, classic modules geez. to play. You can get a taste of the old good old days, play those modules. Then there's all the stuff that's come out in the last 50 years. you got five decades because think about it, there were companies like Rollades and Judges Guild that were making plethora of adventures for the, the, the original AD&D. Then you've got the company that came out years ago, Labyrinth Lord. Mm-hmm. Their stuff's fully compatible. Uh, this OSE stuff, it's fully compatible. So I'm saying if you had Osric, you could play it. You could, and then all the stuff that's probably on drive through RPG and, and whatever yeah. you could, you could get. So those if you gems. don't own the original first edition stuff or you want to keep yours cause they're in pristine condition mm-hmm. or they're beat to death. And if you turn the pages one more time, they'll fall apart. Like mine. Osric is perfect for that. Absolutely. And it's such a great value. It really is. It, and, and again, John and them are some great guys. Um, and uh, the books, like I said, well laid out. The typesets really, it's improved. So it's basically first edition, all in one place, definitely polished, you know, and laid out better. Which I think OSE is basic and expert, is BX. And then if you get OSE advanced, that's yeah. when it turns That's into when first they edition. Layer in the, yeah, the advanced or whatever, which I was going to get to that. But definitely, I meant to mention Osric. Uh, definitely, and it's and it, the only thing is it's old school. You're going to have the weird saves. You're going to have Thaco. But I'll say it's kind of like, I, I think that's why I'm really proud of Bradley. I think Bradley kind of was encouraged you to run that. Be, am I right? Because he wanted that taste. Like, I want to see what you guys, the, the hill you had to climb up with barbed wire shoes when you first played D&D. I want to see what it was like back in the day. All right, kids, strap in. You're about to find out, you know, what it was like. And mm-hmm. so they, they got, and Ron has just recently discovered role-playing games, even though he's you know, a few years our, our senior. But he, um, it, he, he got to have that experience too, you know. And then Papa John, who was there at the dawn of gaming, he probably got to have that little that little nostalgia, you know, him and uh, Kathy, you know. So he got to remember why he didn't play any of that stuff. He ran that stuff. <laughs> so he got some of the abuse for once. Yeah, yeah, I love well the, deserved. Well deserved from the stories I've heard. Poor Jen got abused and traumatized. But um, but yeah, so yeah, definitely, I would definitely say, unless you're totally adverse to Thaco and weird saving throws. But even, you know, add that one to your library. I mean, literally, those guys are selling that book at cost. Yeah, and there's yeah. no reason you can't do a 
conversion on the fly either. You can yeah. you could change it around if you prefer. Absolutely. And I, I could tell you, it's an easy way to invert armor class and all that. It's a super easy way to do it if you want to be more what you're used to. But I think I'm going to pick up the OSE books. Uh, maybe the long con. Off of uh, Etten. I've warned Etten, yeah. I was like, hey, if you bring them. I actually you got them already? Well, no, I, I bought the big book the last at last long con from um, from Etten Games. I, it's somewhere on the shelf, should be, but it's but I got the book that's basically got the advanced or whatever in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, old school essentials. The base game is a BX, is again basic expert D and D clone, but it's uh, it's got a great layout, well made book. Uh, the text won't make your eyes bleed. Um, it's got ascending armor class, so they did do away with Echo. Um, it has a bonus book that brings in first edition AD&D concepts. Um, they've produced a number of quality modules, that is to say adventures, and all the old school stuff that's been made over the last 50 years is compatible with it. Um, you'll just have to know how to invert armor class. I think they tell you how, and if they don't, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Um, the Think Castles and Crusades, Labyrinth Lord, et cetera. Like you could go get their modules and use them. You could use the old school uh, modules. And again, back to Castles and Crusades, you could run all the old school D&D modules with Castles and Crusades. You can run Labyrinth Lord, OSE, whatever. All this stuff is fully compatible. So you've got a lot of good, you can cherry pick those best ones that got those five out of five ratings on drive through RPG or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but uh, they have a robust SRD online as well as free generators for encounters, treasure hoards, uh, etc. Um, by all means, Jason, chime in. Let us know because I think he's been running a campaign of OSE, and mm-hmm. he was kind of raving about it. He was having fun with it. What's um, the one hole in the tree, hole in the something stump? Like that. Something. Yeah. But there's one real classic OSE adventure that he said was really good, and I've heard mm-hmm. nothing but good things about it. Yeah, so I'm probably going to pick that up too. Yeah, and hopefully I'll get a chance to play if you run it because I won't like that. It'll be in the middle of the week. What a guy. But um, no, I definitely would love to kick the tires on that. And it'd be cool if Jason, maybe sometime uh, either NTRPG or even better at LongCon, if he ran a game of OSC, it'd be cool. Um, and then one quick more aside, Basic Fantasy. Um, this one I've seen a number of times on different places. Basic Fantasy, the PDFs are free. Free? And the physical books are sold at cost. And basically, again, it's like a BX clone. And some people really like it, but you know, and when, once again, it's one of those ones where you could try it free first, but you know, sometimes you get what you pay for those PDFs. They're free, but that's, I don't really know anything about, I've never played basic fantasy. I've never played OSC, but I've heard rave reviews about it. And I've looked through the book and the book, I started getting that itch. You know, I was reading it like, man, I kind of want to play this. So no, I think it's, it's probably good, but definitely, there's so many options out there, you know, and, and that's even like back in the day when I was still playing fifth edition, I would play fifth edition because it's a good game system, but I'd still play DCC because each one's good in its own way. And each one brings a certain, like sometimes you want a steak, sometimes you want a hamburger, you know, I mean, you don't want spaghetti every night, you know, I mean, you want to vary things. So by all means, find some stuff you want to vary, you know, try some different games out. All right. So you mentioned Labyrinth Lord a couple of times in there. Yeah. Are you going to say something nice about them or well, something horrible about them? The only sad thing is, and it's essentially, and it's kind of like I'll say this, God bless the same guy, uh, Goblinoid Games, that did Labyrinth Lord. They also did um, their post-APOC game, which the name eludes me, but it's on my shelf over there right now um, in the in the post-APOC era, area of books. But that for whatever reason, I was Facebook 
friends with their page or whatever, they recently went like radio silent. And people, I think, were saying that they think that because OS because OSC is kicking ass on anybody. If you basically want to play old old school yeah. BX stuff, that guy's dominating the market. I mean, mm-hmm. he's kicking everybody's ass. So Labyrinthord's like, well, this was an homage, a labor of love, to get people playing old school stuff again and playing BX and seeing the glory of it. And his was almost a straight up like, here, let me give you BX, but I can't hand you a blue and red book without getting sued. It was as close as you could kind of get with Labyrinthord. And it had its following. Um, Greg Gillespie's uh, Mega Dungeons are all based using the Labyrinthord system, at least originally. But I don't know this for a fact. I'm talking out of school. But I got the gist when people were saying that they think the guy's like, you know what? The 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 old school rules in OSR is alive and well. I did my due diligence, but I'm going to step back. And so you could probably could still get Labyrinthord, and it's perfectly fine. Yeah. But I think it's kind of like, I don't think he's going to be uh, uh, putting the effort into printing more of it. Like you can, and I think he always allowed you could get the PDFs off his website for free for both uh, Labyrinth Lord and his post APOC game, which I have the hard pack version of it, and it's great. It's definitely Gamma. Again, it's Gamma World. I mean, it's like he made as close to Gamma World as he could without getting sued using the uh, what is those the open role playing D twenty rules the. The thing that allowed people to make all this kind of stuff or whatever without getting sued, but and it kills me that I can't think of his darn game, but it's over there on my shelf. But and that's a good one too. I mean, it's basically if you're like, ah, oh, I miss Game World and I love it so much. Well, now you can go on. I think Drive Through RPG or what's that other thing, Dungeon Master, Drive Through mm-hmm. or whatever, and you can download a P- you can pay for a PDF of the old one, two, three, or four Game World. But if you don't want to again throw money to Watsy Bro. He's got his version of Old Gamer World, and it's under that Goblinoid Games. And I, hopefully he'll keep that going, but he might let that die off too. But you can download for free a PDF of Labyrinth Lord or um, – damn, it's killing me. That post-APOC game was name I can't think of. Oh, it's right here, right? Yeah, and I, but I don't want to – Just get up and look. Okay. Just do it. If he knocks yeah, anything yeah. over, yeah, then on. you'll know what's going on. Talking, but, yeah. but I just wanted to make sure that since we mentioned them a few times, it wasn't uh, – what do you want to call it? Uh, that we're putting them down by omission. So oh, we went ahead to say nice things about them. The other thing that we haven't mentioned is Call of Cthulhu. That's another huge game that's out there. But I wonder how much people do of campaign play of Call of the Cthulhu. So that one's always a fun game. And probably more of these lead themselves to campaign play than Call of Cthulhu does. He is still looking for that book. I figured it would be quick and easy, but it wasn't. Oh, Mutant Future. Mutant Future, he says. It was kind of stuck back in there, but Mutant Future. You you can see it. Goblinoid Games. I'm really far from the microphone. He is. But yeah, Mutant Future, and I've got the hardback, and it's not terribly big, you know, but it's basically, I think, I guess at first, uh, first edition, Gamma World with a few... You know, kind of spruced up, and but yeah, it's it's great. And there's the, uh, the now. See, I, is this what you would say is maybe digest size? Yeah, but it's it's it's. Look at how the paper quality is good. It's a good hardbound. It's got the, the ribbons. Font size is pretty good. Yeah, the artwork's pretty good. The font size, the layout, how it's laid out, and the fonts are pretty good. Um, and it's basically you know. Don't ask me why, but I'd rather have this. Yeah, the eight by eleven. Yeah. 
Yeah, that their books I will say are that more digest size, which love it or hate it or indifference, whatever. And then the one thing I will say about OSE was it's kind of there's multiple books. So mm-hmm. you're kind of like, which one am I supposed to buy to and, run this? And I will laugh. That's the problem is some people... Because there's a player's handbook. Exactly. It's it's kind of... Conf- some people have gotten confused like, well, which one am I buying? Because I want to get the one that's more the original one. Well, I want to get the one that's more the... Um, you know, it's got you know, AD&D in it or whatever. So yeah, you have to kind of... Luckily, you got people like David who can go, oh, no, no, this is the one you want. But I think the direction. rules tome is the all-in-one. Yeah, I think there's one that's like an all-in-one. Yeah, I think that's the rules tome for the basic, mm-hmm. and then you can get a player's version, mm-hmm. and then you can get the advanced, mm-hmm. and there might even be one more book. Yeah, yeah, I think there's like a yeah, three-core book, but don't quote me on that. But like I said, it's got quite the following. and uh, it's Well, their three-core books are not the traditional, like, it's the Dungeon Master's Guide and the Player's Guide and the Monster right. Manual. There's are a little bit more see, this out has, there. This has monsters in it. You know, it's the Blink Dog, the Brigand. There's wilderness encounters. There's magic items. So, yeah, this is definitely. But like I said, one thing, uh, we are kind of jumping around. But, yeah, Old School Essentials, they have a really robust SRD. And that's like a like a, like a reference that you can, you know, reference on the Internet real quick if you, if you didn't have your book with you, your smartphone or something. And like I said, they have some nice generators. Again, I love stuff like that. Your mileage may vary. But they, you can, if you want to make a quick treasure hoard on the fly, Click, 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 boom. You have a, okay, here's what's in the treasure hoard, you know. So that's kind of neat. Or I, I, I want a random encounter. Third le- three hit dice, wilderness. Click. Okay, there you go. And it's and that's one thing I'll say, talking about kind of pooping on fifth edition. When I first wrote Mansion of Madness, I wrote it for Castles and Crusades. Mm-hmm. I knocked it out in an evening. When I went to translate... Mansion Mass into 5th edition. Remember, it's a whole page for one monster description because of all that gobbledygook. And it's just like a lot of extraneous information I don't need. But then again, I mean, you might go, well, you've been doing this for a long time, Matt. Well, maybe that's it, you know. But I like a lot of this old school stuff as a nice, quick, tight blurb for a monster. Yep. You don't need this full page, you know, whatever. So anyway... Okay, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of This Old Dungeon. <laughs> which is a reference to how long this has dragged out. We are hitting the two freaking hour mark. Wow, we've never done that before, have we? I have tried and tried, folks, to get him to wrap up, but it just would not take. <laughs> I've been patting my watch the whole time. No, you fibber. So for any of you that don't think we've uh, expanded upon the topic enough lately... Here you go. This is what your complaining gets you. Yeah. The punishments will continue until morale improves. <laughs> but I guess since this was two hours, you get the best of both worlds. If you prefer the intro type stuff, our pop culture mm-hmm. ramblings, there mm-hmm. you go. You got a lot of it. And if you like mm-hmm. to talk about the topic, here you go. So let us know what system other than fifth edition mm-hmm. are you playing now? Yeah. Give us some tips, some insight. What do you like? What are your pros and cons of some of these systems if you've tried them? And what are some ones we didn't mention that you just love, 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 love? Let us know. Do you like the rules light or do you like crunchy? Crunchy. Do you need more rules? I want Pathfinder 3. Anyway. All right. With that said, it's almost like run the clock up (laughs) so we can hit that exact two-hour mark. But let's not because this is not going to get out in a timely manner now. Yeah. For one thing. So I can tell by the clock on the wall that your 
all out hit points. 